All right, let's talk about this Allison transmission here. Actually, I don't have an Allison transmission. I got Allison's uh, sister, Stephanie. So uh, Stephanie's up underneath here, switching my gears and for me. Um, this is a HD. What that stands for is hard dicks. And that's what happens <laughs> to guys that see this truck rolling past them. All right, let's look at the engine here. Um, like I said, this is a 6.6 .6 turbo diesel. And uh, you know what they say about diesels, diesel get you bitches. All right, now if you look over here, we do got a sequential multi-stage dipstick on this. Uh, usually I go with the short foe dipstick, but this time I decided to be better off with the uh, sequential. Um, our blow-off valve is somewhere back in here. I really don't know where the is, though, because I don't, I don't even work on this. I take it to a shop and have them do all that. I don't do that dirty work. It's Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing, Holman? I'm a little hoarse. Sorry about that. I was in an event all yesterday and uh, from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Just I screaming heard, on the microphone all I day. I say, I heard a vicious rumor you were on the mic again. I was. Wow. I was on the, uh, wasn't on the wheels of steel. I wasn't doing any spinning. <laughs> just uh, it was me on the mic giving free stuff away. And um, it, was a, it was a great day. Anaheim Stadium. It was Nitto's Auto Enthusiast Day. We yeah, had some uh, drifting exhibitions. Awesome. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. So thanks to Nitto for having us out. It was a great time. Right on. Uh, I just got back from a trip. Where? Uh, Detroit. Doing what? What are you talking about? Oh, wait. You're talking about all the uh, the Ram stuff yeah. you got. Oh, so, my gosh. How so could I not know? Everybody's been sending us emails and uh, and on Facebook and stuff. They're going, you haven't had Ram since the first episode. When do we have more Ram people? So, all right. I, I went out to Detroit. It was at an event called What's New. Uh, every year, Chrysler puts it on at their uh, at their proving grounds of the whole lineup. Everything in Fiat Chrysler Automobiles portfolio, Jeeps, Ram, Dodges, Chryslers, the whole the whole bit. And you get to drive. They have hundreds of cars there, and they invite all the journalists out to drive off road on the skid pad, towing around a handling course, all that stuff. So I spend a lot of time. Anybody with wreck? Uh, not that I saw this year. Okay. Does it ever happen? Yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's got to be the, the got, it would suck to be the journalist. It just rams a wall or, you that's know. A really, uh, that's a really quick way to get on the blacklist. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I uh, went out there and uh, I saw a friend of mine from Ram, Jim Morrison, who we're, we've got some interviews with. He's the uh, head of the Ram brand for North America. And I uh, figured we'd talk to him about Ram Truck. So that's coming up soon. Just got back from that. Um, I wasn't on the mic, so I have the uh, the wonderfully sweet voice that I always do. Yeah, you know, no, <laughs> I, uh, I I feel like I'm a, like I smoked a, hey, a stogie or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, just shut up and eat your sandwich. What else do you want? Yeah, like some kind of like surly waitress that chain smokes out the back door while you're not uh, be between your orders. Is that why you're wearing a, uh, a smock and a an short skirt tonight? An, an apron? Yes, why I do have an apron on. Um, no, it's weird because um, I just don't hold back. I mean, I, when I'm when I'm on the mic, I just I just belt. That's it. Yeah. And I was opposite. Um, well, you're on the mic for this show, and I feel like you hold back all the time. Why, why so? are you not giving us the same love that you're giving away? <laughs> well, you don't need to scream. Like it's not coming out of speaker. It's right into our headphones. I don't need to yell. How many people were there? Twenty five, thirty thousand. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Okay, all huge. right. You're allowed to yell. It was huge, and I was opposite Monster okay. Energy. More, and, more so, important. Hold yeah. on. More important. How many times did you yell? Drug show podcast. Just to uh, see if anybody and did anybody come I up didn't. to you? No, I did didn't. anybody come up as a truck show fan? Uh, no, oh, <laughs> no, <bummer. laughs> no, no, that didn't happen. That's funny because when I, I go places, they're like, "Hey, love the podcast." When you go places, it's like crickets. I don't know. No, what? it wasn't That's crickets. Right. It's just I was. I had other focuses. I had other sponsors that I was pimping. All right. So I wasn't out there trying to. I did get interviews, and, and so you know the the guys that I spoke to, they obviously they got it. They listened the whole thing. Uh, but no, I, I was uh, I was I was working, you know, because I have multiple jobs. Right. So I wasn't promoting this particular. I should right. have been. 
I think had I been on the stage, but I was I was working down in the I, I would have crowd as they say. I would have every five minutes. <laughs> I would have worked it in however I could. Uh, you know what? We've got to get on. Um, it was reminded to me. Does that even make sense? Can you be reminded? You no, cannot be reminded. To you. I was reminded by you. See, I was reminded. By, I saw a video. Okay, I was. It was so crappy. I wanted to share the audio, but it wasn't a good interview. Someone had interviewed. Um, the uh, the the two brothers, I think they're brothers that own the fastest Nissan Titan. It's a oh. an XD with the Cummins. This interview was done back in uh, at uh, Ultimate Callout Challenge in Indiana. But it reminded me, oh my God, we've got to get those guys on because it's a really cool story. Well, cool. Uh, I don't know if they're brothers or just best friends, but one is. Is it a street um, truck or a race truck? Or it is a it's a like a like a tractor pull truck with, and, with and a, a street race truck. with a five liter Cummins in it. Yes. Oh, interesting. So. When you say fast, it reminds me about the guys at Nissan and Cummins. There's a small like Skunk Works team together where they're supposed to go out to Bonneville next year and break some class records for a diesel crew cab pickup truck. And I'm not sure what class they're in, but they're building the truck right now. It was at SEMA a couple years ago. This particular one is just pure grassroots. Okay. These guys want it to be different. Awesome. Um, Good for and them. And I, wa- I want to say that there was – he's one is in a wheelchair. He's wheelchair bound. Wow. And it's he, he's either – I think he's a vet. Okay. I believe he's a vet. And um, I'm sure I'm totally screwing this story up, but it's it's a really cool, it's a neat story that these two guys they pair together and they go to all these uh, races, mostly Midwest and East, and and the truck is pretty fast. They admit it's not the fastest truck out there, but it's all like out of their pocket, yeah. And they're just two regular dudes. And Nissan has stepped up and given them parts that they've either oh, really? broken or trying to you know trying to make the truck we gotta faster. We got to talk to Bren over there again because I bet he would know more about it. Give us some insight on that deal. That's it's, awesome. I here. just I, it's kind of like I lo- it's the underdog, right? Yeah. All these guys are rolling huge. Cummins power trucks yeah. or or big D Maxes and whatnot, and and these guys are out there. They're the only Nissan Titan. I love and, it. Yeah, yeah. So we got to get them on, and they're they're real like, I don't want to say wholesome dudes. They're like, uh, yeah, just just good old salt of the earth, salt of the earth there dudes. Just and they just want to be. They they're spreading the Nissan gospel, which is interesting. Yeah, like they right love being kind of the odd man out at yeah. all of these events. So yeah, we'll get them on because I think the Titan is when it rolls in to these events, they're looking at it going. What you're going to try and race that thing? Well, and then it and then it blows doors yeah. off of some of the other cars. They're like, what there, is there's in some, there? There's some really interesting stuff. So obviously the the Titan XD is available with a five liter Cummins V8. If you've popped the hood on that, look at their intercooler. Look at some of the um, the hardware and uh, the the boots and all that stuff. It's really high end. In fact, their intercooler is completely cast. There's no plastic caps on the end. Nothing like that. The EGR is up high on the engine where it's easy to get to. So the the guys at Cummins and, and Nissan, they didn't skimp on any of those things where you'll see other manufactured trucks. They've cut corners with the way the clamps are. They've cut corners with the boot material. They've cut corners by having plastic caps. You know, by working for banks, you guys replace a lot of the stuff with a full cast intercooler. Well, right. the Titan has it, has a standard. Yeah, so it's great to see those guys that are out there and uh, having fun with the Titan. I wonder if they know, you know the whole story behind how the Titan came to be. Uh, Nissan marketed it as American Titan. And that's because it was designed in Michigan and San Diego. It was tested in Arizona at their proving grounds. It's built in Mississippi. So there's a lot of American hands that are on that <laughs> it's, truck. It's more American than the American trucks. Uh, there's a lot of American trucks that have, are built not in this country. <laughs> right. Canada, Mexico. Yeah. And the Titan is, is built right here. So I think that's awesome that those guys are out in the heartland. Uh, Beating one up, and I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll get him on the show because I, right. I got the guy's contact at UCC, and I stored oh, just my notes on my iPhone, and I totally forgot about it. So yeah, I got I got to get them on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That'd be awesome. All right, let's start the show. The truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck 
your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Whoa, that kind of sounds like me. Sounds like you, doesn't it? It's not, but it sounds like me. Hold on. The Truck Show. Nope. No, no, not even close. Darn it. (laughs) Let me try it again. Let me try it again. The Truck Show. No. We're not paying extra for this, right? Uh, no, okay, no. Good, good. I don't. I don't get any voiceover talent money. <laughs> the Truck Show with Lightning and Holman. No, nah, it still sounds no, too much like you. That yeah, was no. way better. Darn it! Darn it! <laughs> I cannot. I'm. I can't wait. Hold on. In a world. No, no. Just Dude, Sam, Sam Elliott is so effortless <laughs> compared to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Nissan Titan. No, darn it. But the bummer is, I'll lose this tomorrow when my voice comes back. Uh, Holman, before we get to the show today, which I think is pretty good, because I got some interviews at Nitto's Auto Enthusiast Day, and you nice. got some interviews at with a uh, uh, muckety muck at Ram Trucks, which is pretty cool. I want to know what's up with drive-thrus, and I'm not a comedian going, "Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what's up with drive-thrus?" Hey, what's up with drive-thrus? Am I right? Here's the question: yep. Are drive-thrus wider in the Midwest? Because uh, if I drive through another freaking drive through and have to I'm freaking out about curbing my rims about driving over a planter box or knocking down the little speaker with the woman's talking out of because they're so freaking narrow I get it that land is at a premium and they want the building as big as they can get it for the same for the for the amount of land they have so they just put this little ribbon of a drive through and you're answering just, your own question so I think I, the newer ones are narrower than the old ones because at least here in SoCal but I, this is a true story. You need a motorcycle to get through some of these I, things. I know. This is a true story. I was driving cross country in a Toyota Land Cruiser. I had left Michigan. On the trailer was my old 51 CJ3A flat fender Jeep, and I was bringing it back to Southern California. You didn't try to go through a drive-thru with a trailer. Oh, yeah. Oh, why? So it was about 1130 at night, freaking starving. It must have been a Friday night or a Saturday night, and we're in Omaha, Nebraska. And Omaha, Nebraska closes at about 9, and here we are at like 11.30, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. So we looked everywhere. And you know what was open? Negative. The Arby's drive-thru. Oh, yes, Arby's. And, and so I'm like, I'm not unhooking the trailer. Like, screw this. We're going through the drive-thru. And there are pictures on fourwheeler.com if you find, uh, probably look for our long-term Land Cruiser. There is a picture of that thing with the trailer in the drive-thru before we drug the trailer through the bushes <laughs> making the corner. But that was the only way to get you food. Just, you just destroyed the bushes? Yeah, we went went. went really wide in it, ordered, turned the corner, and you know the back of the trailer just swung right through all the you know the hedges that were on the outside of it, and we got our food and got the hell out of there. I've seen scrape marks where pieces of the building are missing. Oh, you know, yeah, Trying to get sure. around, and guys are just hanging up on the, oh, yeah. the wheels or trailers or whatever. Like, just the stucco's all missing. You know exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah, just too I came wide. through. Guy tried to get through on care. a dually. My, dude, when I first got my dually, my wife took went through a McDonald's. I go, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I inspected all the wheels, and she just, you know, it was stuck well, at that point. And I thought... Dude, I'm. I, I said, Brandy, I'm serious. Don't go through another <laughs> drive-through because those bed is freaking wide. Dude, well, here's the deal. Drive-throughs always have like the clearance, like the overhang. Of they a don't width, have right? a width. They though. don't have a width. They need to have a width. Well, my whole point is, if you're not going to warn me on width, I'm going to assume I can make it through there, and I'm going to drive whatever I can because I'm hungry and I'm lazy and don't want to get out of the truck. <laughs> so I don't know who we can possibly who would we even call about getting this done, <laughs> just to figure out if they could widen drive-throughs. Yeah. 
I they, think uh, we, we don't we don't stand a chance. Watch, do we? we're going to get some some listener email that's going to say, "Hey, I work for the company that designs drive-throughs for every major." Rod, <laughs> you're out there somewhere. We know because you guys all email now, some weird stuff. Now, every every McDonald's and Jack in the Box, they all have their own architect that yeah. designs their stores. And and I think you're right. They they look at the percentage of cars versus trucks, and then they go, you know, most people are driving Honda Civics, and there's plenty of room for them to get through, and you can walk in if your truck's too big. I don't like that. And I say, F you. F you, architect, that did that. Yeah, thank you. And, and F you for instead of putting a bush there, you put that big concrete post. That I want to hear, I know that we have listeners that have gotten stuck in drive Oh, no doubt. No, I mean like actual stuck, like they had to back through or I want to hear your story. So please email us or give us your number so we can get you on the air. So truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I want to talk to him because I want, that's a funny so that, experience. That reminds me. Okay, so different trip, same Jeep on a trailer. We're going to Moab Easter Jeep Safari from SoCal. Ken Brubaker, the editor of uh, Four Wheeler, coming in from the Midwest, lands at Vegas Airport. So on my way from California to Moab, I swing by Vegas to pick him up. Go through the airport and hit the height limit with the Jeep on uh -oh. the trailer. Uh-oh. You have never seen so many police, security guards, everything else come rushing Wait down. Wait a minute. How did they know? An alarm went off. Oh. I pulled up the ramp to go to, to the, uh, I think it was the departures area. Or no, I went to Arrivals. Uh, no, I went, yeah, I went to Arrivals. Arrivals to pick him up. Right. And it didn't fit. It was like six inches too tall. That's significantly and, too tall. And yeah, and I'm thinking, Now, what? does this have the yellow bar that's yes. in the two chains? And I'm looking in the mirror. I'm watching as I go through, and the top of the willies hits it. Bells and ring. I'm like, uh-oh. And I waited there for a minute. All these people came from nowhere and backed me down, so I had to go up to uh, Departures, where there was no overhang to go pick them up with the trailer. Now, that's already crazy because I'm driving a trailer to the airport to pick somebody up. But try doing it with everybody late, trying to you know swing in and out. I'm trying to get to the curb close to him with a trailer. And oh my lord! But I'm stunned that there was a some type of an, an alarm sensor. Yeah, it was like a bell. Like it, when it there's a motion on the chains or on the on the bar. I can't remember. It was back in like 08 or something like that. But when it swung, it set off a huge alarm and lights were flashing and they're like, wow, you know, people are coming now. You know, so anyway, the police had to the airport police had to help me back down the ramp. And then get back in the other lane to reset. Now, you know, nobody was mad or anything. I didn't get in trouble for it, but they're like, "Yeah, just you'll, you'll have to pick him up." In have you seen the videos? Departure. I think his name is. Forgive me if I get this wrong, guys, but I think his name is Aaron, the, the uh, inventor of any level lift. Have you seen that? I haven't. Any level lift. Okay, it's only Ford Super Duties, but he's got a hydraulic system that lifts and lowers, lifts and lowers your Super Duty. Um, I think it's almost ten or twelve inches. I could be wrong again, but just. If you guys go on Google or go on YouTube and say any level lift, there's some videos right now on Instagram and YouTube and, and people are freaking out because what you can do is you can lift and lower the truck while you're driving. Or and so he pulls in but, this but exact case. But this, it's not like it's not like a ram that has four corner air suspension where it lifts in lower like two inches. This is like major ten, like, like a foot, right? That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So he stuffed like thirty sevens on this truck, maybe even larger. And he can dump it all the way down, get under that little, you yeah. know, that bar to go into the parking yeah. garage. And when he pulls out, burp, burp, full <laughs> right size and right Is back. it hydraulic? Is it, it air? It's hydraulic. Interesting. It's hydraulic. And it is fascinating to watch the mechanisms under the truck work. Yeah. He is, the, the, the again, the, the classic American entrepreneur story that- So it's sort um, of like taking the Kelderman air kit to like a different level, right? So is it that whole where you can be- 
lifted and you can be any height, but he's using hydraulic cylinders or? Yes, yes, okay. hydraulic cylinders. And then he's got lock, these these uh, these locking mechanisms. Hmm. So you can put a huge fifth wheel on it or wow. a lot of tongue weight. And the All front, right. but it's, it's the front and rear and you don't have to worry about bags going and or popping or anything that like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, we got to have him on. That'd be that'd be awesome. I've been meaning to do that for weeks, and I just I've spaced. Do you think he'd want to come on? He won an innovation award at a new product award yeah, at okay. the SEMA breakfast a couple of years ago. So yeah, you think he'd want to come on? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, yeah let's have it's him. funny. Cool. I've even asked him like three times. He's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to come on." He's like, "Hey, dude, when are we going to do this? Can you actually?" Yeah. Uh, every time I meet him, I go, "Will you come on?" And then I yeah. leave, and I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good podcast host. <laughs> at least, at least, not a good podcast no. producer. In a world <laughs> where, with, with where any... lightning remembers to book the guests. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. We haven't done what's new in trucks for a while. You want to get into I that? I'd love to do that. There's all sorts of if stuff I going can on. Find the intro. Hold on a second. Is it? Is it this one? Master. That is the correct one. Yes, it is. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it felt good. So uh, this is probably apropos for uh, our guest today. Obviously, we uh, will be talking to uh, Jim Morrison and Ram here in a little bit. But... um, the 2020 Ram Heavy Duty Regular Cab has been spied, mm. and for those who are uh, taking notes, um, it's significant because the current DT, which is the new generation of the Ram 1500, is not yet available with a regular cab, and so people were starting to wonder, is it even going to be offered in a regular cab? So mm. seeing the Heavy Duty Regular Cab confirms that Ram is going to have a Heavy Duty. What does the DT stand for? Uh, it's just their code. Just like a Wrangler JK went to Got it. You know, JL or whatever, it's just their internal code. The former truck was a DS. And uh, so now we know for sure that the new truck is, gonna, is going to have a, a regular cab option, which is pretty cool. And, then and, for, and, and so you and I had a conversation a couple of uh, episodes ago about regular cabs. That yes. I, it's kind of coming back. In Southern California, you, you would see them, yeah. never see regular cabs and now unless they had up. big wheels right. and they were. But now, man, I saw one yesterday. Oh, at, did you? Uh, Nitto, what, Nitto what was Auto it? Enthusiast Day. It was a Silverado. It was a Silverado. Yeah. Silverados yeah. and Rams look better. The Fords look a little pieced together because of the way the applique, the little plastic applique, is between the door to make the same door fit on a regular cab. Oh, I see. The Ram kind of has this big own door, and I think it's one of the better looking. But to see that come back on the new one. Also, speaking of Ram, Ram announced that they're going to sell for 2019 a classic version of the Ram. So you can get huh? the older version of the truck for one more year. And it'll be sold side-by-side side with the 2019. So it'll be a 2019 Ram 1500 Classic is what they're calling it. So if you want a new Ram, can't afford the new truck because... No, no, wait a minute. Okay, so wait, is, is that just a... Is that a kind of a marketing ploy because they have extra ones sitting around? Uh, or, know, they, I don't really They did the same thing with uh, Wrangler, with uh, JK and JL. There's a Wrangler JK this year as well as JL. They made it for about half the year. A lot has to do with... Uh, supplies of parts and stuff, winding those down, and also production lines where if they have the ability... So this is a positive spin on on a situation they just have to iron out no matter what. Yeah, so, you know, there's going to be some plant capacity issues, but I think part of it, all that tooling's paid for, everything, you know, and if the new truck went up, let's say, model for model, a few thousand dollars more, this allows them to have an entry-level truck based off the old truck, you know, it's the old truck for one more year that you don't have to pay as much for if you want to uh, get into a new Ram. Right, so got it. One, one more way of, uh, of getting into the Ram family. So the Ram 1500 Classic will be sold side by side. And then uh, also the uh, Chevy Silverado, the 2019, the 1500, 
pricing starts at twenty nine seven ninety five, and the hmm. the volume model LT Crew Cab, which is what they basically sell the most of, it actually costs a little bit less than the twenty eighteen equivalent to get into the new truck. How many more Chevys are sold than GMCs? Is it, I heard it was like seven to one. Is that true? I don't know if it's quite that high. I mean, we okay. can pull up the data and find out. No, it's not. It sounds boring. <laughs> let's let's move on. You always ask me, like, like I have the information at my fingertips, but I don't have it ready right now. No, I well, I um, think you know everything. I know. Sometimes you've been an editor for a long time. Oh my god, yeah, but it's, my my mind is filled with other things. Chili dogs? No, that's my gut right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, left hand drive twenty twenty Ford Raptor was caught testing. So to this. Oh wait a minute. So that is not Australian. Well, so to this point, we've only seen the right hand drive one, and the fact that there's a left hand drive one. And I believe it was spotted in the U.S. What? Where? So, but I'm going to tell you that I heard from sources, don't get your hopes up, the new Ranger comes in 2019, the new Ranger Raptor, probably not for 2021. Mm. But anyway, we've got in an upcoming episode, I've booked the Ranger marketing manager for the U.S., and I'm working on the Ranger Raptor guy from Australia to come on and tell us about Ranger Raptor. That is what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. So we're working on, on those guys right now. So there'll be a lot of Ranger news in the near future. But just the fact that there's a left-hand drive version, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. I don't know if Ford's trolling and stirring the pot, but I mean, obviously they're left-hand drive market outside the Manufacturers are getting really good at surprising us. There was yes. a time that that was not possible. And now they're coming at us, and we're like, we, what? Did you see that story on the DARPA shape-shifting wheel? Yes. Dude. I think everyone saw that. Dude, how cool is that? Now, we had seen the rubberized wheel that looked like a honeycomb. The about wheel. A beca- the, Mich- the Michelin twill. Yes, the twill. That was mm-hmm. like a decade ago. Yes. That made its rounds, yep. and it never did. It never got produced, No, correct? it did. I believe you can get them on like some tractors and like some sort of agricultural really? implements. Okay. Where they are worried about punctures and things like that. Okay. Uh, but not in the automotive setting, even though they had it on trucks and stuff like that. And so do we know anything more about this DARPA wheel? Is it? Is it... This is way pre-production, right? Yeah, I mean, just showing off its capabilities. But it's on a is... yeah, it's on a Humvee demonstrator, and what it is is it's these. Um, it's basically a series of like six hydraulic little arms within like a rubber track, but it can shift from a round shape to a track shape, so it works like a track, like a triangle. But it can be a yeah, but it can be a full circle just like a regular wheel. It's called the reconfigurable wheel track. What's awesome about it is obviously tracks do way better in sand and snow, but wheels do way better and, and are faster on pavement and stuff. And it would conceivably give a truck the ability to be good in any type of terrain. So just a wonder really what kind cool of idea. weight that mechanism is. It's got to be heavy. Oh my god! Because it's yeah. hydraulic, so yeah. it really has to be heavy inside that. A lot of rotating mass. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can I buy them for my uh, for my dually? How much money do you have? No, I don't have enough. <laughs> no, I. I I don't think the government, considering it's through DARPA, is going to allow a <laughs> private citizen to own that. Although you can get those. What, what does DARPA stand for, by the way? Is it defense uh, something? Look it up. Wow. God damn it. I'm just hitting you with Man, questions you just, just don't know today. Seriously. Uh, defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Oh, yeah. I'm not buying any anytime yeah. soon. No, no. No, there's all sorts those of cool Those wheels are probably a million dollars a piece, if not more. Oh, can you imagine? They're probably a four-off, too, right? There's four of them, and that's all there, that's that's all there is in the world. Yeah. So, Anyway, uh, yeah, so some cool uh, truck news going on in the world right now. And, All right, uh, thank you, Mr. Holman. You got it. It's an interview time. Yeah, let's uh, let's have some interviews. Where were you this last week, and who did you speak with? I was in uh, lovely Detroit, Michigan, actually Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is- Ann Arbor, uh, quite a bit nicer than Detroit, right? Yeah, way nicer. Great college town, too. So um, we were there because FCA, 
Fiat Chrysler Automobiles has one of their proving grounds there in Chelsea, Michigan, called the Chelsea Proving Grounds. And uh, every year, about this time of the year, they invite all the media out to drive their entire 2019 product lineup. Every car from a Fiat and and you know um, Maseratis and Alphas, all the way up to Jeeps and Rams and how many, Dodge cars. How, how many press are there? How many how many press personnel? Oh man, there's you're talking probably, about over 100. Oh yeah, for okay. sure. And they probably have at least 100 vehicles out there for you to drive. So, oh wow. All different trim levels and colors and all sorts. So basically, it's a great place. And you drive on the proving grounds. You can drive on their off-road course, on their skid pan, on their you know tow, on their handling course. All sorts of different places to test the vehicles side by side next to each other. And they have anything that has a uh, some new news or trim upgrade or something for the, the coming year. And you go out and you drive them. So I've been listening to all of our listeners. Okay. <laughs> who have been sending us emails or on Facebook and uh, telling us, hey, you haven't had any Ram representation since episode number one. How about some Ram guys? So uh, I tracked down the Ram guy. And uh, that's a good friend of mine, Jim Morrison, who's the head of Ram Trucks for North America. And he and I spent some time in the uh, 2019 Heavy Duties, the 2019 1500, and a Ram Power Wagon off-road. And so we got some interviews with him. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, vroom, vroom. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, it's time for the inside job. Hey everybody, this is Sean Holman with the Truck Show Podcast and with me today is a good friend of mine, Jim Morrison, who's the uh, head of the Ram brand for North America. Is that correct? Is that your new title? Yes, Vice President, Head of Ram North America. Alright, man, that's a lot of words and, and as we always joke on the Truck Show Podcast, the more words you have in your title, the more important you are. Or the less sleep you get, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, which one is it? Yeah. You have got to be super busy these days because you just launched a new truck. Yes, right in the uh, thick of things, launching the all-new 2019 Ram 1500. And, uh, of course, it's uh, it's busy, but we've got a lot of new customers coming to the Ram brand, growing retail sales, and, uh, and, and it's great. So we'll be uh, in the brand new Ram in a minute, and we'll talk some more about it, but right now, we're in a 2018 3500 Dually Limited with the tungsten interior. Yes, this is. I'm so jealous, oh, dude. dude. I'm so beautiful. jealous. You know that truck. I don't know how I got to be a Dually guy. Like why? That well, in the Ram, the Ram Duallys are the prettiest because mm. just that one single stamp piece of steel for the fender. Oh, they're so pretty. Yeah, and you know that deep drawn. Like they, I, I want to believe that. When, when did they go to that? That what, what year did they go to 10, that? Ten, I think. Okay, and I want to say that they had to invest in some new technology because at that point a single uh, sheet of steel hadn't ever been uh, stamped that deep before. Because it would get too thin, correct? Right. And so if you look at, Ford has always had a straight bedside with a bolt-on like fiberglass dually fender, whereas on the Ram, it's a big stamped piece of steel. And uh, I've always appreciated just how, how good those look. But imagine this truck. So the all-new 2020 Heavy Duties aren't out yet, so this is the current body style. Crew cab, not a mega cab, but a crew cab dually, Cummins. This is an incredible truck because it epitomizes everything you can do with the Ram. You sit in this truck and you're wrapped in real wood, real leather. The headliner suede. A suede headliner. This fancy. You know, this is an incredible truck, yet it's incredibly capable as well. Best in class, 30,000 pound fifth wheel uh, hitch capability with this dually. So we're driving a six. So by the way, 30,000 pounds of towing, fifth wheel towing with that truck. Bone stock. 
bone stock. I think any state you're in that requires you to have a CDL. So the average guy can't even, I mean, the average buyer right. can't even use the capability of that truck without a special driver's license. I mean, that's how high it is. And if you look at it, they might be stealing someone else's tagline industrial grade soon. Well, I'm telling you, that is a, that's a lot. But think about it. What's an average big rig is like 80,000 pounds. Yeah. I mean, you're the truck and the trailer together. You're basically half of what a big, uh, your capability is half of what you'd see on a big rig. That's amazing. From a, a trucking go and buy. I, that's, I know a lot of guys do that, but that's yeah. a scary amount of weight for Dude. a vehicle that size. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ryzen wow. six-speed transmission. Um, this has the max tow package. So this is the 930 pound-footed torque version. Yes, for sure. And then uh, this has the load leveling rear air suspension on it as well. It does. So a great uh, trailer tow rig. You can, you know, adjust the uh, the the uh, trailer height. Uh, for um, for aero, you can even lower it to help uh, for ease of hookups, especially with the fifth wheel uh, or the uh, goosenecks. It's got the uh, Chimsel camera, so you, you just like you hook up like you're playing a video game. Use that switch there, drop the back in, get underneath the hitch, pick up your trailer, pick up the trailer, and there's yeah. no heavy lifting. So what's cool about the Ram is not only is there a camera in the tailgate, there's a Chimsel camera. So in the center high mounted stop lamp above your rear window. What is it? What do you mean Chimsel? Center high mounted stop lamp. That's what oh, Chimsel. Oh, got it. So when you're look, let's say you're gonna go uh, pick up a fifth wheel trailer, you switch to that camera. And that way you can see your your fifth wheel. Brilliant. Right. And Brilliant. The 3500s have load leveling air suspension. So you can get a steel spring that's all leaf springs or you get an air suspension. It looks like these giant, almost big rig-like airbags. So what you do is you lower the back of the truck down. You use your center high mounted stop lamp camera. You back in and you pick it up. And because the 8.4 Uconnect is so high definition, you can see exactly where the ball is and everything. And you can load the trailer onto your hitch all by yourself. Single-handedly lower the whole truck down, drive under your trailer and pick it up. And it's simple, super it, simple. It's great because, you know, you don't have to get out in the rain, crank on the trailer. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great technology. So we're again in the 2018 uh, Ram, the 2019 1500 is what just came out. So this is the, uh, the current body style. The HDs are still about a year away or, or so. I know that you'll have some big news for us coming up, but in terms of this truck, let's talk about what Cummins means to the brand, because obviously Cummins is a huge uh, piece of the Ram story and has been for a number of years. And uh, and so what does that mean to you, uh, to Ram owners and the Ram brand? Well, we've been putting uh, Cummins turbo diesels in, uh, in Ram trucks, you know, since the 80s. And, and we've got a great uh, partnership with them because it's really, helped move the needle on capability uh, you know taking uh, the torque from the 400s of life when we started all the way through to now you know 930 pound feet of torque that'll help this uh, this dually hull a nine or a 30,000 pound trailer great uh, capability which is what defines you know heavy-duty trucks uh, but Cummins uh, powertrains are always incredibly uh, reliable and durable too they get great fuel economy for working hard but most importantly they last forever which is uh, which is really great. So obviously we've got you're right in the thick of things with a power war going on in the heavy duty truck segment with the diesels. Do you foresee a time where somebody gets up to that thousand pound foot of torque number? You know that's what everybody's talking about. But you know every time we talk to customers, interestingly enough, they keep asking us for more. And you know the the uh, uh, you know 
once we broke 900, people said, ah, you know, whoever needs more than that. But, you know, there's some situations that you get in. I, you know, I was in a situation uh, a couple of months ago, you know, where you need more power, talking to farmers, talking to people that, you know, seriously tow 30,000 pounds every day for their work. They need more power. And, uh, you know, we're always looking to, uh, uh, to meet their needs. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. So we're, uh, again, we're in this uh, awesome Dually crew cab. And this isn't the biggest truck you make. In fact, I think it's funny because <clears throat> throughout this piece, I can hear your voice like warbling well, yeah. as you're going over bumps and stuff. Well, not only that, but can you hear the Cummins engine? So basically, we we were it's it's surprisingly quiet. No, it's very quiet. We were actually sitting still, and then had the green. Basically, you sit in a line, right, to to enter the handling track. And so we were sitting there. And we started the interview while we were in line, and. We started going, got the thumbs up from the guys to enter the track while we were in the middle of the interview. So in case you didn't figure it out, uh, we started driving at some point. And you could hear the Cummins just, Boah. oh, dude, it's so, I just, oh, I love that, love that You track. do have a mega cab, which is even longer than the crew that we're in now. Yes, it's, uh, it's great. The, uh, the mega cab, you know, gives you almost another uh, a foot of uh, uh, rear uh, leg room. You can recline in the back seat. And, uh, you know, whether you're going on long hauls, you know, with, uh, with your big uh, camper and with the family in the back, uh, or whether you're, you know, got three big dudes, you know, with uh, 5,000 pounds in the back, you know, going to a job site, you've got lots of uh, extra space, which is uh, great to have in the cab for sure. So we're actually entering the handling course where they do a lot of vehicle dynamics testing and it's about a mile or so of tight, twisty hairpins. So you may hear this Cummins rocketing us through the uh, the apex on this big dually while we're, while we're talking. And one thing about the Ram, you guys have always had some really great brakes. Loving the pedal. Were you driving or was he driving? Uh, this one I was driving. Loving the pedal feel right now. Loving the power, the tractions of the dually. There's other trucks on this course and we're keeping up with them. Pretty, uh, pretty darn good in this piece. I mean, this truck has to weigh, what, 8,200 pounds or something like that? Yeah, it's over 8,000 pounds. It's got a 410 axle ratio. But you put 930 pound-feet of torque to the ground with the dualies that, uh, <laughs> you know, you got all of the uh, the grip that you need. And, and it's uh, it's amazing how flat this thing is in the corners as yeah. you're pushing it hard through these corners. No, it's I wish awesome. we had a video going here. This is incredible. I wonder if we, uh, if we could take the traction control off if we would be able to... Uh, Spin the uh, spin the duels on our way out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we Let's just give it a try. There you go. So Jim actually reached down and turned off the traction control. So I, I, cause it was I love, of, by the way, when an executive does right. that. Right. So it's like a rhetorical question, right? And he's like, okay, let's, well, let's do, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Took the bait. Yeah. If you guys can hear uh, hear the truck working, but it's it's kind of fun to drive a truck this big. I mean, that, that Cummins has so much power. It just wants to get up and go. It's it's. I know this is gonna sound like a really dumb statement, yeah. but the sound of the Cummins, though, it's so obvious. Very unique. It's, it's so unique. Yeah. What? Oh, man, I'm gonna get hate for this. Why does it sound so unique? Because it's a straight six. It's just a big ass straight six, and the firing order. It's the firing order mm -hmm. that's doing it. Yeah, okay. and everything else is a V8. So a V8 and a straight six sound totally different. I know, but I didn't pulses. know. Yeah. It's just, it's just it's a lot of things. It's displacement, it's its size, it's configuration of the cylinders. It just has its own unique. It's funny we were behind a, a, a Hemi V8 truck, and we were keeping up with. I mean, this this is a tight handling course. This isn't like you know a quarter mile between turns. This is like hundreds of feet between turns, right? And here we were on the tail of this other truck, just that coming. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so much fun. I wonder if 
because you get addicted to sounds. You know, yeah. you know your 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 boyfriend, your girlfriend, their, their their voice, their sounds, and their grunts and groans and everything else. And you you get to you get to even if you hate the person, you you kind of fall <laughs> in love with their sounds, right? And so are you basically making a case for the Power Stroke and Duramax guys for loving the sound coming out of the, this recording right now? Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. What I'm saying is that Cummins, I think it's that's one of the components that yeah. Cummins fans are so, they're so diehard. They oh, 100%. Get, they get addicted to that note. It's just, it's awesome and, and the new trucks are so quiet, yet that, that Cummins personality is still Comes there. right through the floorboard. Yeah, it's actually yeah. fun to drive. And this is a uh, air suspension uh, truck in the back. Which means not only does it ride well, but it load levels for you also. Yeah, and that's really important to us. We make that available across the range from 1500s all the way up to our one tons. Because, you know, not everybody needs air suspension because they don't load their trucks that hard and that frequently. Uh, but if you do, it's the perfect solution because nobody really wants to be that guy that's, you know, overloaded their truck and their truck is unweighted because it's hard to steer and it's not safe. You know, you unweight the front of the truck. This is great technology that always keeps the Ram level and safe and secure. It's uh, it's great technology. So I know that uh, we've got some news on these trucks coming down the line and, you know, probably not ready to to uh, reveal anything on the Truck Show podcast, but can we expect more, basically more, more capability, more comfort, more quietness, more quality, all the things that that Ram has been uh, known for? Well, I would say to you this, and, and you're right, I can't uh, reveal any uh, of the future product uh, pieces that'll get me fired, but I think, <laughs> you know, one thing that we're really proud about here at the Ram brand is we are a dedicated truck brand. That means we spend every day, every hour, every minute caring about our, our truck customers, listening to them, and reacting to what they need. And, uh, of course, that makes uh, us endeavor to make everything that you just said better in the next generation Ram. They love the fact that they are their own brand, that Ram yeah. is the, uh, you know, a splinter of the larger so what you know, you Chrysler. So we have to remember back in 2009 when the truck was redesigned, Ram broke away from Dodge, and Ram got its own VIN codes, Ram got its own dealerships, Ram got its own marketing. When it was part of Dodge, and people still call it Dodge Ram, but it's technically not. It's Ram trucks. They had to share their marketing budget with the car side. They had to share their R&D with the car side, they, all that kind of stuff. When they broke it out and, and came out with the DS truck back in 2009 and the heavy-duty version of that truck in 10, which I believe is the DJ, what was really cool about it was they were able to take the profits and reinvest back into the brand itself. And you can see, ever since they splintered off from Dodge, how much better the trucks are how much more marketing there is, how much their sales have exploded, you know, all the things that- It made that, them agile again. It, absolutely. It made them it made them f- focused and ability to uh, reinvest in what they were doing. I wonder, do you think that Chevy and Ford uh, would consider the same thing or do they love having those, the truck brands under the, under the larger moniker? Well, Ford, Ford is still, you know, there's still Ford trucks, you know, like they, they have their own marketing and things like no, that. No, but it, it could be, for example, it could be, you know, the Super F- Duties. F-Series. You or could Series. go to yeah. a Super Duty store it's, and you it, could go to a, yeah. you know, you could go to a Silverado store. I don't think that works for them because of the the brand cachet of those, of those brands and the loyalty that's there. Ram has always sort of been an underdog or the, the third wheel, if you will. And only in the past maybe five to six years have, have Rams really become a serious threat. All right, so we're pulling into the paddock here in the big 
what we call the aircraft carrier. <laughs> this thing is big and gray and uh, and, and huge, but I, I'm looking right across the way here at said. a uh, <laughs> brand new Ram DT. That's your 19, 1500. You want to go uh, take take that out? And, yeah, let's take it for a drive. All right, cool. Jim, you and I just got in a brand new 2019 Ram 1500. This is the Laramie Longhorn. Oh my God, what a beautiful truck. Yeah, you know, this is a really nice truck. We we set out to uh, do a couple things with this truck. And, and first and foremost was to make sure that we had a cool Western-themed truck, you know, for the uh, for the customers in Texas um, and that like the, the Western theme. So everything from the filigree uh, right through to, you know, the, the barnwood, um, on the uh, on the dash, and we're talking the, real metal and real wood, and this barn wood that's on the dash is actually hand branded, right? So every is. piece is different. I'm not into the country western thing, as you know, but that's cool. No, no, it's way cool. It's I don't know that I could own it, but I would get in that truck and I would be like, that's that is cool. So if you compare last year's model to this year's model, it's understated more. Where I think it's the best looking of the truck of the new trucks, it has the best grill, and the interior has still has a Western theme, still has the filigree. But the way it's done, the average person, I think we talk about it a little bit here, but it, it's beautiful. It's it's the quality, the real wood, the hand branding. Somebody hand brands the Longhorn logo into the truck. I mean, it's just it's really nice. Yeah, the, the truck is different. The Laramie Longhorn um, on the. Um, on the center uh, of this is is the hand branded, so it's got a brand like a, yeah. like a good cow would, and uh, and no, it's it looks and awesome. it's authentic and, look and at it's the open core. I mean, you can the, feel it. You can the, feel the the, the wood, the leather, and uh, and it's the awesome. metal. It's incredible. With uh, we made sure that we had authentic materials that fit well within the theme of this truck, and I don't think anybody's done a better job, you know, with the Western theme truck well, that we have with the Longhorn. What's nice about it too is if you're the guy that enjoys the western theme and you enjoy country music and you like the color combo of the, the saddle brown and the black and the contrast stitching and the barnwood but you don't own a horse and you don't own a saddle and you may not be that guy but you like it this isn't overdone this doesn't make you feel like you have to be in the cowboy club or something like that it's a really beautifully detailed truck but it but it's not it's not like a cartoon of itself. It's very tasteful. It is, and you know, thanks for pointing that out because we actually did calm down some of that stuff from this version uh, versus the last, and and we've actually had a lot of our customers uh, telling us that, and and they just love it for the authentic materials, the all of the luxury, the 12-inch radio, the rear seat that's got um, more legroom than anyone else, but it's actually heated and cooled in the yeah. uh, the back. You can recline. So much room back it's, there. Uh, it's incredible. Does but this make the mega cab obsolete because this cab is so much bigger now? You know, it's 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 a different formula. We do the mega cab on our heavy duty trucks, as you know, uh, but the um, this there's really no need for a mega cab. There's so yeah. much back seat room. The rear seats recline, and uh, there's more room here than in a first class airplane seat. It, there there really is, yeah. and, and and in most uh, luxury cars. Uh, and full-size SUVs, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of space back there. Let's talk about the materials again. This leather, is this the softest leather that anybody puts in a full-size truck? It is. It's, it's the nicest leather and there's more leather than anybody else. So I think the number is is like 55% more leather than, wow. than the other guys. I mean, um, the whole seat, it's not just the seating surface. Like every, you open this up, it's, it's it smells like the difference between a tannery and like a, a, a humidor or something. Like it's just, you're just overcome with the smell of, of natural leather, unlike most vehicles that you might get in. Well, and that's important to us because, you know, we don't want people to, to open the back seat of their truck and think, oh, that looks like, 
you know, a nice leather seat and they get on it and think, oh wait, this is plastic. Well, yeah. our competitors have plastic in their back seats yeah. of their luxury trucks. We don't. We wanted to make sure that we had the very best because people have worked hard for these trucks and it's a good way to show that they've got a status symbol with the Longhorn of the limited trucks as well. And, and that's important to have the very best materials that money can buy. And now you, so for people who don't know, uh, you and I have been uh, friends for a long time and, and we worked on other things together. You used to run the Jeep brand before you came out for Ram. You've been at the company for a really long time. And when you came over to Ram, you sort of had like a, a wish list of, of things that you felt the trucks needed and the brands needed. And you get in this new 1500 and it feels like you got everything you wanted in this truck. I don't think there's anything left that, that I would do or things that we talked about in the past that, that's left to do on it. You know, it's it's a really good truck. The engineers did a fantastic job. You know, the, our, our engineers you know, putting it together, our, our workers right here in Detroit, you know, uh, building these. They're working extra hours on the weekends to keep up with demand, working really hard to uh, uh, produce this truck. Our design office did a fantastic job inside and out. So a lot of uh, uh, kudos around uh, the team uh, for the Ram uh, brand. Is he from Canada? Because he keeps saying out and about. He is from Canada. Okay, that, that explains <laughs> um, it. Yeah. Uh, from the fact that we are a focused truck brand. That's all we do. And uh, everybody that's on the team drive trucks on the weekends. We haul with them on the weekends. We put them to hard work. We come up with ideas and we talk to customers every day because you're at a horse show in a field talking yeah. to customers. Everybody has ideas. We actually listen to our journalist friends. And you're actually a horse owner. So you actually take these trucks and you tow your own horse trailer. So you're not just some corporate executive who doesn't know the lifestyle. You're actually a guy who uses and needs a full-size truck in your life. Yeah, sometimes, um, you know, I drive my engineers crazy because, you know, I'll, I, I often do the uh, the haul to Florida, and that's a 20-hour haul. Wow. You know, so, you know, you're doing, um, you know, a 20-hour haul with a big trailer. You, you become very aware of, of everything. Yeah. So it's fine-tuning those details. It's, it's making the air suspension work to hook up the trailers. It's making the truck, you know, less... Um, uh, or glare proof so when you're driving it at night yep. the glares don't come in and hit it's all those details that uh, you know really helps to uh, to work the truck hard uh, every day and and uh, thankfully we've got a really reactive group of design uh, engineers um, and design office folks that uh, that really help to make this truck better every day do they still have the four foot wide chrome ram badge on the tailgate and was that an option why do I see that every once in a while and go, who decided the, that that massive badge was okay? It, it depends on the model, and that was coming from, so there's a kind of a joke behind that. The, the guy who ran Ram before Jim is when- You guys the, have all seen that, right? Because you yeah, don't see that every runners, Ram. basically. R-A-M, yeah. but it, there's a, they are a foot tall yeah. and four feet yeah. wide, and it's like, I get it, you're driving a Ram. Well, so what was happening was um, the Texans, the Texas dealers, were asking for more chrome, and their customers were asking for more chrome. And I kid you not, the guy who was running Ram before Jim took over- He did um, it as a joke, didn't he? No, oh. no, he did it because the dealers were clamoring, but they showed it at the auto show in Detroit, and it was like, I'm not a fan of that because DS, which is the, that generation of truck, the current one, not the new one, was designed by Ralph Gilles, who Ralph is very famous in design circles, and it was always a very clean design. One of the things about Ram is, is some of the off-roaders complain because the rockers are so low on it that they are closer to hitting rocks on the trail and stuff. Well, the reason the rocker panels, if you've ever wondered, are so low on a Ram is when Ralph designed the truck, he wanted to make sure the frame rail was hidden from view. 
because he wanted the truck to look nice. <laughs> okay, and, I get that. Yeah, so that design is very, very clean. Well, back in, uh, might have been 13 or so, maybe 14, when they introduced those RAM letters was because dealers were clamoring for more chrome. So they made a conscious effort to add more chrome, especially on the premium versions. The lights came on, the curtain went up, and it was like, oh my God, right? Right. And because that design is so clean, I've never liked it. It always felt tacked on to me. Um, and I had asked Bob at the time, I go, you've never tested this truck in California, have you? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I go, because you would light a brush fire by parking it in the sun there so much. He laughed about that, but it came specifically from the dealer body asking for more. If you noticed, Ram kind of toned it down a bit. They're not chrome anymore. They're usually like a dark gray or a black or body colored. That was specifically Jim's influence coming in where he was like, yeah, it's a little bit much. And it was a lot bit much. Yeah. So, so the way it is now on Rebel, uh, the way it is now on some of the premium trucks where it's toned down a bit, that was Jim's influence coming in and saying, okay, that, that was a little, little too much. Successful has the launch of the new 2019 Ram 1500 bin. It's been out for what, two and a half months now? Yes. Yeah, just out uh, now, measuring from success from the overall sales side, to start with, we've got uh, the Ram 1500 uh, lineup is up 11% so far for the year. So wow. double-digit gains. Uh, we're still in the long And keep in mind, that 11% is only with premium models and crew cabs. Oh, like, my Lord. Like they haven't even started tradesmen. They I don't have... know if you guys realize that, yeah. but that is a massive yeah. number in the automotive sector. Yeah. Like that is, to, to, to go into double-digit growth is huge. Yep. And so it's only been out for, what, two or three months now? And that's only with one engine. They still don't have the V6s. They don't have the e-torques out. They don't have the, uh, the the single cabs, the quad cabs. They don't have the tradesmen or the you lower trim You guys love yourself some RAM. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, right? that's the bottom line. We're still in the launch mode for sure. The guys are working really yeah. hard for us. You know, at the factory right here in Detroit, working weekends and nights and overtime. And there's still a lot of configurations to come, right? Like the, the V6 isn't out yet. You still have the Eco Diesel coming. You still have the Hemi with the e-torque system on the way. Yes. Um, so you still have quite a few variants that, that are just ramping up. You guys started with the premium version, basically Hemi 8-speed trucks is what mostly you'll find at a dealership right now. Yes, for sure. And then we're right around the corner from launching the e-torque technology. And those that are not familiar with e-torque, it's basically taking today's Hemi you know, uh, 395 horsepower, 410 pound-feet of torque, and adding to that a mild hybrid system, which basically um, brings in the energy um, from uh, regenerative braking, stores it in a 48-volt battery, and then feeds that power back to the truck when it needs to. So whether you're accelerating or passing uh, or towing, uh, it's, it feeds the, uh, the power back because one of the things that we talk to, again, talking to our customers, they always wanted more power. So we thought this was a way to give them more power um, better performance, at the same time better fuel economy. So this truck with a, with a Hemi gets 22 miles per gallon and uh, we expect uh, double digit uh, fuel economy gains here with the, uh, the e-torque uh, when we announce fuel economy here in a couple weeks. Now some customers like Rambox, some customers don't like Rambox, some need a 392 rear end for, for max towing, some need a V6, some need a V8. Yeah. So we try to provide all of that range of optionality to the customers so that everybody can have a ram to fit their uh, their driveway and their lifestyle including one of my favorite things we're looking at right now the 12 inch uh, touch screen which is bigger than an ipad and it absolutely overwhelms the the entire interior it's beautiful how does that compare to the tesla that people have seen in magazines and so forth uh, i think it's nicer than tesla screen really just because it's it's high quality uh high definition What's really cool is uh, FCA and a bunch of their products, whether it's uh, in the Alpha Julia, whether it's in some Jeep products, whether it's in the Pacifica minivan, now under the Ram, they have what they call a bonded um, flush screen. And so rather than having the screen set back in the dash, 
it looks like it's just a black piece of plastic when it's off. Like it's it's flush mounted with the dash and the piano black trim wow. that surrounds it. So there's like almost no seam. The video just kind of po- seems like it pops out of the dash. Do you have any photos of this that we can share? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You sneezed. He did it. I was about to sneeze. <laughs> You're looking at me like I had to back away from the microphone. I was going to sneeze. I stopped myself. Thanks for calling attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's high definition. You can pinch to zoom. You can, um, I think my favorite part is this is the only system. And look how clear. I mean, we're. you guys can't see it, but we're looking at the rear backup camera. And it's crystal clear because of high, how high definition. And the camera has different modes. One is zoomed in on the hitch, and one is your basic uh, rear view mode. I asked my friend at Alpine, Steve, we had on our first yeah. episode. I said, when are we going to get Blu-ray players in cars and trucks? Never. 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 Why? Because they are too susceptible no, I know. To, I'm, to jitters. I'm, like, I'm but like, I, some people, because it's been 17 is, episodes, and, and and I forgot. And is Blu-ray I, anything anymore, though? What do you mean, is Blu-ray anything anymore? Why not just we tr- bought uh, for stream five, at 4K? Nah, we for five years we all bought Blu-rays. I never we went got to it best. You never, never bought one. Never bought a Blu-ray player. Oh well, I I got a stack of them. <laughs> I got a stack of them, but I'd like to can watch. I, can them. I borrow one? I mean, I'm not going to encode them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And you know, when you're in the middle of nowhere, you don't have Wi-Fi. You're, how are you going to download it when you're in the middle of? You download ahead Arizona? of time. What? Yeah, you download ahead no, of time. No, none of us download ahead of time. You are living in the past, my friend. We don't. We want it now, and we don't want to you... download. We just we're on the road. And we go. Oh, I want to watch. Fill in the blank. See, this and, is why you can't get no, it. This is why Kurt, I cannot play Xbox or PS4 or whatever. Because the CD takes so damn long to fill. I want to blow on my cartridge of my 8-bit Nintendo, shove it in, and start a game, damn it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're agreeing with me. I'm going to download and then stream from my phone. No. Ugh. No. No, you cannot stream in the middle of right. Timbuktu. Can I tell you something funny, though? You can get a CD player in a RAM still. Factory CD I player. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that because there were hundreds of millions of CDs and people didn't just melt them. They still have them. You want to hear something else that's funny? If you look at the front of the CD player, there's a little um, uh, icon that shows you to put the CD label up. And Jim said it's because a lot of the younger people don't know how to use CDs anymore. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. My kids wouldn't have a clue. They would be like, how do you put this thing in here? Yeah. It's upside down. Uh, rear view mode. One of my favorite things is CarPlay. Because the screen is vertical, it's 12 inches, it looks like a sheet of paper, right? You can actually have CarPlay on all the time and do all your second con- secondary controls on the bottom half of the screen, which allows you to not have to go in and out like on the competitors where you're going in between the, the vehicle functions and the CarPlay, and that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know what, that's, uh, that's really good because, you know, the, the nice piece of uh, all of this stuff is the, the, the ability to um, have choice for the customers. And we love the uh, ease of use and the speed of use with our with the Uconnect system, and that delivers all this stuff in a great way. But you're right, everybody, you know, that has a, uh, you know, a, an eight or a seven inch screen in competitive vehicles that have CarPlay, you have to choose. You right. put CarPlay on, you put yeah. the nav system on, you put, this gives you choice. And I'm addicted to CarPlay, I think like you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, it does my emails, it, it does my- uh, Navigation, um, because it's so nice not oh, to type is, into the car. It is so good. I mean, yeah. you, you tap Although the navigation in this truck is, is amazing too, but the ease of use of just being able to plug your phone in and go is, it's, it's pretty awesome. It is. I have to say that is one of the things that uh, I really like about this truck too. You go over to the nav system, the 12 inch nav system, that's as big as your head. 
Um, even I can't get lost now. I get lost in it yeah. in, in my own backyard. <laughs> um, but this is incredible. The directions it gives you, it gives you 3D great, mode if oh, you want, it's, and it's it, all the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Have you started to get owner feedback for those first purchasers of the DT yet? And if so, what has their feedback been on the truck? We have. I, I uh, won't give the person's name, but I have this tradition where I where I call the very first customer that buys, you know, the, the vehicles awesome. that we're launching. So I've been uh, become. Know pals with uh, a guy out in Arizona that was uh, uh, the first owner of a uh, of a Laramie out in Arizona, Arizona, and he loves the truck. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you know the interesting. You know, you talk to different customers, and they talk about you know the Ford guy that came up beside him, told him to roll down the window, and you know gives him the <laughs> thumbs up, and wow. you know they follow you around and say, hey, that's is that the new Ram? Is you know how do you like well, it? Well, we drove and, ours back from Arizona. We did a drive away from the press program, drove to California from the Arizona uh, drive. And we drove through a couple of dealership parking lots, and the dealer guys were like, "Where did you get that truck?" And they yes. were crawling all over it. We yeah, were that, that had to be the first Ram in California. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, so we stopped at Home Depot. We stopped at Waffle House. We yeah. stopped at you know on our way across the border. We stopped at uh, the couple of dealerships, and and we had lots of people going, "Oh my God, how did?" Who are you? How do you have that truck? And you know, we're not going to lie. That's one of the fun things about getting them early is is seeing people's reaction and and showing off the truck for the first time to people who haven't seen it. It is really a special thing, and I think what's really um, fun with the new Ram is is the competitive truck owners are really noticing this truck. Yeah, you know they've gotten the word that this is the best truck. They've gotten the word that there's content on this truck that they can't get on theirs. They're paying attention, you know, to the interior quality. They're asking questions about the ride quality. You know, they're they're really paying attention to Ram, which is uh, which is great and good recognition that uh, a lot of things have been done right here with the 2019 Ram 1500. All right, Jim, uh, thank you so much. Once again, we're with uh, Jim Morrison, who's the uh, head of Ram brand for North America. And uh, his new baby, we're sitting in the new, all new 2019 Ram 1500. Really appreciate your time today coming on the podcast and, and talking about uh, Ram trucks. Yeah, I know it's always great to talk to you, Sean. And, and why don't we go take the uh, Rebel off-road? All right, let's do it. I'd love to uh, get some off-road seat time with you. Good stuff. All right, let's go. Isn't that weird that you'd have a really, really successful career and in music, and then you'd go on no. and transition no, over to no. leading a, a, no. a truck brand? That's a different Jim Morrison. Like you'd, you'd be like an icon no. of Southern California, Still like kind wrong. of stoner rock. Nope. And thousands of true. like young women are like no. loving you, and oh my God, mm. Jim, I love you, I love it, the doors. It's true. And then you get, and, you, and then you the ditch all of that. You ditch everything no. for for a, for a career in, in right. trucks. Yes. It's just amazing. No, you're right. You're right. That is amazing. <laughs> I wish any of it was true. It's not uh, different Jim Morrison, but. Uh, but really appreciate him coming on. I think we have some audio of us off-roading. So we took a, both a Rebel and a Power Wagon off-road, um, but I think we'll share the audio of the Power Wagon just because there's. A, I love that truck so much. It was probably the most fun. All right, so right now we are in a 2018 Ram Power Wagon with uh, Jim Morrison, head of the Ram brand North America, at the helm, and we are uh, driving over this awesome rock pile right now. And, oh, my God, this thing is awesome. Like, is this... This is probably one of the coolest trucks ever made, probably. Uh, you know what, it, it's amazing. It, it is the ultimate uh, off-road machine. You know, Power Wagon's got heritage back to, uh, you know, the, the 40s, uh, when the first time we put uh, Power Wagon on- Have, uh, have you seen a, Winslow from Legacy Classic Trucks, his his Power Wagon rebuilds that he does? Oh, they're the old, incredible. They're, we had him on they're the podcast. Expensive, but they're yeah. incredible. 250 grand, but we had him on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And uh, man, th those things are freaking awesome. But if you want a modern Power Wagon, you guys are still making them. Yes. 
and you know incredibly capable you know with the uh, sway bar disconnects the axle locks the front and rear the front and rear and if you really get in trouble we have a 10,000 pound winch <laughs> so it's incredible what this this is uh, the only that is the only factory we're going through the mud puddle right now <laughs> got a mud above the roof oh I can't see out the windshield because there's so much mud <laughs> That's oh, awesome. <laughs> this thing is a freaking beast. Oh, I love power wagons. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Feel that 6.4 going sideways through a field out of the mud. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was too much fun. How are we getting paid to work right now? Oh, yeah. This, I can't even see out the windshield. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my God. That was, that was so much fun. I'll tell you, I remember when they first came out in 2005, nothing... There was nothing else out there like it. It was basically a full-size pickup Jeep, right? And we it won four-wheeler pickup truck of the year, and we had our long-term, and we took it out to Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. And I drove up Hell's Gate, and I remember there was a crowd sitting at the top. They'd never seen anything like it. And here's this full-size truck driving up Hell's Gate, one of the hardest obstacles at that time. Now, technology and builds have gotten better and moved along, and so lots of things can go up it. But it was, it was novel at the time. I remember this one guy goes, that thing got leather seats and i'm like yeah and they're heated and it was the thing it was like this leather truck nice stereo all this stuff but front rear solid axles and front rear lockers and sway where disconnect and a winch all from the factory I, I think one of the best things about ram is that you guys haven't given up on this truck like it is it's just it's, it's like one of your best kept secrets and now we're going over these like whooped out areas here in the power wagons just soaking it up oh man this thing is awesome that's six four dude your voice is like no <laughs> man this I thing is, oh, i mean it's still a big truck with solid axles so you still get some bounce to it but uh, I, I love that truck more uh, bounce to the end that's six four it's quiet but it's it's there when you want it and it's a V8. You know, just there's nothing like the V8 sound. Nothing sounds better than Hemi V8. <laughs> yeah, it's just great. Maybe a Ferrari, but <laughs> yeah, well, Hemi V8 is incredible. <laughs> Especially a Hellcat version. Got to get that engine in a Ram, right? <laughs> See, guys, I'm trying. I, I've tried many ways, and uh, and Jim refuses to answer uh, my questions. But I, I guess that's mostly because uh, he wants to be able to get these vehicles to you. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say you're probably going to see that powertrain in something with a Ram head on the grill. And uh, Jim won't even make eye contact with me right now. A ton more Ram news coming in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. So you guys stay tuned. And Jim, thanks so much for giving us a ride in the power wagon. This this thing. Always going to have a, 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 a you know a soft spot in my my heart for the power wagon. I just love this truck. It's it's one of my all time favorites. Doesn't it just make you smile? Uh, always. This is a great truck. Thanks again, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you soon. Hey Sean, good stuff. I love how uh, the guys from uh, corporate America are like nah. Ain't going to share squat with you, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because normally uh, when you're with an executive, especially the guy who runs a brand, you always have a handler with you, a PR guy, all the time. And you didn't. No. It's just you and him in the just truck. me and him. Because Jim and I go back so far, they're just like, well, he, he's going to tell Sean what he's going to tell How Sean. How awkward <laughs> would it be, though, by the way, if there was a guy in the back seat and he's just like staring at you as you guys questions? <laughs> yeah, Jim, what do you think about the latest? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, are you going to, what, what about the powertrain? Are you going <laughs> to? Hmm. Yeah, and I tried to get some more TRX uh, info out of him, and <laughs> exactly. But yeah, we, we've I've had I've been on uh, drives and stuff where uh, where we've had the voice from the back seat. You know, you're like, oh yeah, you're back there still. <laughs>
Good times. Good times. Good guy. Nice man. <laughs> are you ready for some inbox now? We got some email, I believe. Yeah, we got all sorts of email. You guys are out of control, but uh, in a good way. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. Uh, uh. What, you, what you got, Mr. Holman? You just dancing? I'm still dancing. <laughs> you know, I can't get this. I'm not done until I can't stop shaking this ass. <laughs> well, I'm, that's not happening. No, Sorry. Okay. That's not happening. All right. Uh, we've got this. Were you one. not ready? Should I? You want to do it again? Should I play the intro one more nope, time? Nope. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all danced out. <laughs> uh, we've got one from uh, A.G. Dorian says, hey, guys, love the show. Been listening since Finnegan was on. Now I've listened to every episode and can't wait for the next. The truck show, Kibby and Finnegan and the muscle car place really helped me get through the workday. I'm a mold maker from Ontario, Canada, and have probably made molds for various cars and trucks you've driven, like the new Corvette hood. Anyway, about that steering wheel thing in Chevy trucks. My wife and I had a 2015 Equinox with the same problem. I noticed about a month after the we- The Equinox has it? Yeah, I what? guess so, apparently. Says he noticed a month after uh, they bought the damn thing. It's uh, off about an inch. Says now have the uh, 2018, and it's not far off, but it still is. Anyway- Want to add, I love all the crazy songs in the show, and I love how ridiculous they can be. My favorite is definitely the email one. All right. He says, I don't know why, but I catch myself laughing at work and uh, looking crazy. And that was Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. We, uh, we appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then we got Justin Wazinski uh, writes back, and his subject is, get rid of big trucks. And he says... Uh, it will not solve the problem. Oh, this is in reference to the, uh, the, the story we yeah, read yeah. last. Yeah, okay. Where it's a, uh, a a female writer, and she we we believe she's from the East Coast or a big yeah metropolitan metro, area. Yeah. Doesn't right? like trucks and just hates big trucks. Yeah. Taking a hogging S- up her streets. Said they should be uh, banned and not allowed for daily driving. Blah blah blah. So he says it will not solve the problems that lady mentions. They can pry my cold dead body out of the driver's seat if they want my diesel pickup. Hashtag trucks for life. And he says, on a more technical note, I heard you guys talking about the Eaton 10 speed and how you can shift without using the clutch. I drive a day cab semi every day at work and it has the Eaton 10 speed. This transmission does not have the traditional synchros that a small car or truck would have. Therefore, you're supposed to press the clutch to shift out of gear and then press the clutch again to shift into the next gear. However, after driving these trucks for a while, most people just forget the clutch and float the gears by just rev and speed matching. It becomes so second nature that even I float the gears in my little Honda commuter without realizing it sometimes. <laughs> the podcast has become the best part of my day at work as I drive all over the East Coast hauling 53-foot trailers. You guys are doing an awesome job and just keep doing what you're doing. And he, and it. he ends it with, the truck show. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he says, uh, 2XL would be awesome. Sincerely, Justin Wazinski. On its way, my friend. All right. Thanks, Justin. And uh, Mike Rich says, hey, guys, just when I think you guys can't make another crappy episode, you go and do it again. Hey, what? He says, I know, Lightning. What a dick, right? <laughs> Wait, what did I do? <laughs> I don't know, but you're a dick. And oh, he says, ha, ha, just kidding. Oh, I guess you're not a dick. Okay. And he says, uh, you guys are doing a great job, and we hate having to wait a week to hear new episodes, but it's all good. Keep it up. P.S. You should check into the Gambler 500. It's a cool event with cars and trucks where the participants are supposed to help clean up the forces as they drive through it. That's awesome. Thank you, Mike. All right, we've got this one from Chad. Lightning and Holman, I enjoy listening to the show. I think you two are doing great. I personally like the intros for the different segments, and you guys give me new perspective on building my own personal vehicles. For example, I recently started building my 05 Excursion 6 liter and did the usual lift, wheels, and tires. I took your advice from the brake episode and went ahead and did brakes and next to sway bars, as my goal with this is to have a powerful, comfortable sleeper diesel SUV. Keep the episodes coming. 
Chad, size medium, Shelbyville, Kentucky. Thanks, Chad. Nice. And then uh, let's see here. Sorry, just trying to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a Clint. Clint says, Gents, I was lucky enough to have your show in my iTunes podcast feed for the very first episode. Have grown up on K-Rock. Of course, that's oh, very nice. Thank Lighting's you. old uh, stomping grounds. And have been a fan of most of the enthusiast network mags from Holman. Not really a truck guy, but I find every episode to be a must listen. I admit the Wow, jingle- wait, wait. Not a truck guy and yet listening. He's not the only one that's told me that, which is way cool. Uh, he says, I admit the jingles bugged at first, but they've grown on me, and the show wouldn't have the same appeal without them. Minimal suckage. He uh, talks about his real passion being uh, off-roading. He says uh, he does the hammers and high Sierra runs, and his son and his buddy are on their way to Ultimate Adventure. Um, those are the guys that rode in the last episode. We'll have to have Christian Hazel from uh, Peterson's 4-1 Off-Road on maybe next week to talk about UA, because that's it is really the Ultimate Adventure. It's very cool. I don't know much about it. Uh, so then we definitely have to okay. have him on. yeah. He says, uh, your podcast has plenty of content uh, to offer. Even if it's more truck-based, more is always better. Keep it coming. Clint. And he says, P.S., whenever lightning is- My wife says, by the way. <laughs> he says, P.S., whenever- I don't got much. <laughs> whenever lightning is ready for the rock crawling adventure at the Hammers, let me know. We can do a trail day of real rock Oh, hell crushing. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Only yes. All right. Shirt XL. Chris Whipple. Hey, Lightning and Holman. I just finished your episode and I was wondering about the new Colorado. Thanks so much for the insight. Also, what's the possibility we could get someone on that be able to explain why trucks are so expensive now? Let's get with Nissan on a listener discount on the Titans, and maybe I'll consider going that way. Still waiting on that T-shirt, size large. Uh, T-shirt's on its way. I had a little uh, interruption, as I often do, and, <laughs> but the, uh, my clothing store is sending them out. And why are trucks so expensive? Because they can be. Yeah, exactly. Because they have to float all of the losses that the <laughs> sedans are carrying. A hundred percent. The bottom line is people are willing to pay for them, and so you know Ford will tell you if they're limited. And we talked to Jim uh, at Ram of the tungsten model. They keep they keep charging more and more for these things. You're talking more than a hundred thousand dollars and guys are still paying for it they're still paying for it so they're going to keep pushing it so we got uh cory here says hey lighting and holman listener from west virginia love the show and what you guys are about i've learned a lot more about trucks specifically diesel since i've started listening i know you guys are planning to have an episode on the proper way to tow a trailer and was wondering if you could go over different sizes of loads and what appropriate size trucks are capable of hauling them also, I'd love to hear an episode about the strengths and weaknesses of each diesel and the big three. Should also mention I own a forgotten truck from the late 80s, a Dodge Dakota Shelby Survivor truck. Which, oh, wow. By the way, that is not forgotten because what's funny is we have actually, I just had this conversation two weeks ago. We were talking Dakota Shelbys with some friends of mine in the automotive industry. So I um, could not know less about that truck. So maybe we'll have to do a little thing on the Dakota Shelby just for fun. Yes. I wonder if we could have the guy who is the marketing guy for Carol Shelby out in Vegas. Um, I wonder if they have some historical archives on some of the other things he worked on because he did the uh, Chrysler K cars back in the day and he did the Dakota Shelby truck. Be interesting to see the if those Chrysler guys. Chrysler K car, what a hunk of crap that thing Do you was. remember when Shelby put that two, I think it was a 2.2 no, liter turbo? No, I don't, of but turbo? Just, just the K car was just. Yeah. Here's what's rad. They, it's the Kmart of cars. They, people used to take that engine because the minivans were based on the same platform mm-hmm. and put the Shelby turbo engine in the in the caravans. The old shorty caravans they go did? drag racing. They did? Oh, yeah. And the, and you can turn them up. I want to say the people are running like 11s in a minivan or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Why? Oh, dude. Uh, because you can. Because well, you, of course. Yeah, be, because you can. So, and then one last one from uh, Joe Cashin, who's the senior manager, uh, chief marketing manager for Titan and NV Series at wait, Nissan. Wait, 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 wait. From what? This is an email? In our, in, in our inbox. In our inbox. From a guy at Nissan. From a guy at Nissan. Uh, sounds like he's pretty important, chief marketing manager. 
Uh, yeah, read. So go I, I'm going to read it because yeah, right, presented uh, a presenting sponsor. I'm listening. It says hello, Sean and Jay. <clears throat> Lightning. Lightning. Yeah. It says I just want to drop you a quick note to compliment you on the endorsements you've done for the Nissan Titan and the Nissan brand in general. I appreciate the way you're working in our truck's competitive advantages. Warranty coming. You wrote this. This is not, not from a Nissan no, guy. No, this is from a Nissan guy. Trailer light check. Etc. In a very natural and relatable way. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think you two are doing the best job of off-script advertising I've ever heard. Well done. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And You're welcome. Yeah. He says, I wasn't aware that we were doing anything decent at all, but okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's because Nissan is rad and we're more than thrilled to, uh, I don't know, even be have near them to in them. The, yeah. Have them in the family. He says, I've also really enjoyed listening to the show and I've heard everyone so far and I've learned a lot. Most of it, I agree with some of your listeners. The jingles could be edited down, but it How is. dare you? <laughs> but that's what I use my 15 second skip button for. Finally. Don't even skip. No, 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 no. Listen to the freaking jingles. <laughs> Finally, I'll add, I moved from L.A. to Nashville and Nissan moved, but when I lived in L.A., I was a diehard fan of the Kevin and Bean show from the mid-90s. I remember when Lightning first joined as an intern. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed and dialed. <laughs> I was an intern. I started at K-Rock in Los Angeles in June of 1991, yeah. and um, my first... The first thing they had me do, I don't know why, but we we the guys didn't believe that um, SPF factor in sunscreen was a real thing, <laughs> yeah. and so they sent me up on the rooftop. We had a we're in a thirteen. Is that why you look like a saddle today? Uh, might be okay, but so um, we were in a thirteen story building in Burbank, and Burbank is a hellhole. It's better now, but it, it uh, was hot. It's in the valley, in the San Fernando Valley, which usually sets the records. It's like there's Death Valley for the hottest day, and then and then Burbank for the hottest city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so they put all different sunscreens on me. I'm in a bathing suit, on the roof, in a lawn chair, uh, with about four or five different SPFs, and then that only covered my arms. So like, well, let's find out if barbecue sauce has a higher SPF. And I remember this. And so I was covered from head to toe in about six or seven different barbecue sauces. It was so sticky and so disgusting. And that day that I was up on the roof, it set the record. It was like Ugh. 113 or Ugh. something ridiculous. Did the barbecue sauce dry off so you could just peel it off yourself? Or like how there was nasty no, was that? There was no shower, so Ugh. they got buckets of water, and I went down into the parking garage beneath, Ugh. and they just splashed me with water. It was. I had to go home. Why don't we have an intern on this show? <laughs> we do need someone we, that we can abuse. It is yeah. summertime. We messed up. We should have got an intern, and then they could do all of our bookings and stuff. Yeah, and we could have the uh, the Great American Sunscreen Challenge round two. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Well, uh, Joe says keep up the great work. So uh, thanks so much for writing in, Joe, and and for being a part of the fun here. And then we got a couple uh, a couple new um, reviews on iTunes. Uh, one is Mounted Parameters. Great show from. I wonder if you're if you're new to our show, you're like, why did <laughs> you they keep don't playing get that it, again? Yeah. So I was at Ultimate Call Out Challenge in Indiana a couple months back, and I was sitting at the grandstands watching the the truck pole, and this this poor girl was doing the announcements. And if you <laughs> for all the sponsors, she would do a 15 second announcement, and she didn't pre read any no. of the commercials, and it and monitored became mounted, mounted. and parameters became parameters. So uh, Local 11 Sparky says uh, five stars. Oh, oh. <laughs> high five. Yeah, bro guy. All right. And then we've got uh, Marcus says, great show, very informative, great way to stay entertained and informed on what's going on in the truck world. Definitely makes my commute bearable and keeps me informed with info I would never have had if I didn't listen to the show. I have recommended it to all my guy truck friends and five stars. Oh, high five. So. I feel like such a bro when we do that. Yeah. Well, but I guess you got, we got to yeah, celebrate yeah, somehow. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. So thanks, everybody, for... Uh, 
for writing in and your reviews and everything. Please remember to uh, subscribe uh, either on iTunes or on Google. You can find us on uh, Stitcher and they've Spotify already found, they've already found us. Here's the thing: wait, wait, stop, stop it! Oh, we're so stop many it. different places stop it. now. Stop talking for a second. So many. They've already found us. Oh. We need them to tell their friends. Oh. They're listening to us now. You see how this works? Oh, but what if they're not listening? To they us? are. If they're not, well, then what? What? what if I don't they're know. not listening to us? Okay. Well, I just want them to tell their friends. So, Holman, this past weekend, I was at the Nitto Auto Enthusiast Day, and what? it's a huge free car and truck show where? at the Anaheim Stadium. Okay. Right where the Angels play. Yes. And uh, they do it annually. And they have a drift exhibition, a big uh, truck and car show, and motorcycles and the whole nine. And ran into a couple of friends of mine I thought would, uh, I don't know, be interesting to hear from. And this will be in our, our Where It's At segment. Where it's at? I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. I'm standing here with uh, Rob from PCH Rods. Now, PCH Rods, you're in Huntington Beach, correct? No, we actually just moved to Riverside. Riverside? <laughs> Wait, it says it's Pacific Coast Highway in the title on your shirt, and now you're in now you're in uh, in the desert, uh, just southeast of Orange County, Southern California. I'm about as far away from PCH as I could possibly be. So, it, so the warehouse is cheaper, is what you're saying? It, it is, and it's a lot closer to home because we live out in that area. So I was commuting from Riverside to Huntington Beach every day. I was over it, so we moved the shop closer to home. Got it. Okay, so um, this is for the Truck Show podcast. Okay. All right, so we're on iTunes and Spotify and you name it, we're all over the place, right? Tell us about your C10. All right, well, since you've seen it last, we've changed it. It's got a full Art Morrison chassis under it. Okay, hold on a second. No, we got to back up. They don't even know what it looks like. Start from the ground up. Back up. So it's a black and copper 69 C10 that I've had since 1997. It's my longest relationship I've ever had. (laughs) <laughs> we pulled the truck apart a couple years ago and put an Art Morrison chassis under it. It's got a 1,200 horsepower LS in it. Um, we're actually wow. going to take it out to Mojave and try and break 200 miles an hour with it. No wait. So tell me about the LS. How's it powered? You got it. You got a twin. Uh, is it oh, twin turbo or what? It's a 408 inch LS with a Magnuson on it at about got it. 20, 22 pounds of boost. So it, it puts out a little over 1,200 horsepower. That's you, why I would you, pick that one. You've been racing this for quite quite some time, right? Yeah, I started racing that truck back in the late 90s. Uh, I used to drag race with it. And then when I moved to uh, California in the early 2000s, I switched over to autocross and road course, which I've been stuck doing since. You've been doing the Optima Challenge every year as well, haven't you? Yeah, we did the uh, Optima Challenge with my truck in 2010. And then my wife's truck, the C10R, we did in 2014, 15, and 16. We did it three years in a row. Um, we haven't done any of those this year, but it's a super fun event to do, especially with a truck. When you're pounding on cars and beating them with a pickup, it feels good. So as we're talking about, how can people see your truck? Because they want to know what it looks like. You've got the curiosity spark. Do you have Instagram? Yeah, the fastest way is Instagram. It's just PCH Rods. Um, or you can type in hashtag C10R, and it'll pull up thousands of pictures of it. So let me ask you, how many guys have jacked your style, have seen your truck and duped it? There's been a few. Uh, it's kind of flattering because, I mean, we, we built a truck that was unlike any other truck out there. So when you see guys trying to duplicate it, it kind of makes you feel good because you kind of set a trend and guys are starting to follow in your footsteps. So it doesn't bother me at all. Actually, you're, first off, you're lying, and I know you're lying because it makes you mad that they're jocking your, your, you know, your style. Not at all. It, honestly, it does. It makes you feel good because you built something cool enough that somebody else wants to have but it. Now that, but now that they have something that's confusing the public, like, oh, is that... Is that the C10R or, and they're like, no, that's a knockoff. Well, what's nice about the C10R is we change the color of it every year. 
So the first year it was gray, second year it was white and gray, then it went red and black, and now it's blue. So I, I hope you have a paint sponsor. No, we actually no were 3M. We wrap it. Wow. Got it. Oh, okay. Year. It's cheaper than painting it, and we thrash it when we're racing it. So I change the theme on the truck every year so nobody knows what it's going to be like the following year. So if they copy it, they're copying a style that we've already done and gone with, and now we're coming out with something new. So every year, usually for SEMA, we'll launch a new color, a, new, a whole new theme, and kind of surprise everybody with it. Now, you're kind of rogue on the C10 scene, right? I, I Meaning, like, there's a lot of C10 purists. Yes. Where do you fall in the spectrum of C10 aficionados? And and have you pissed any C10 owners off? <laughs> we kind of fall into the performance side of it. We're not, we don't really do like the original style trucks. Um, when we first built that thing and put the big wing on the back and the spoiler in our front, they hated us. They didn't understand it. They didn't get what it was about. They immediately said, it's a tuner truck. Do you drift it? And we're like, no, we actually wind tunnel tested the thing. That's why it has a wing on it. You know, so we put a lot of home. You think anybody has actually ever wind tunnel tested another C10? You know, I'd be curious to find, what year is it, 67 to 72? Yeah. I would be curious to know what the coefficient of drag is on it, like versus today's truck. I think today's trucks are like point, you know, was it 03, 5, or I should have asked him. I didn't even think about it, but I could find out. I would be curious just to see, because what is that stock? It's got to be like, you know, point oh. Nine or it's something? A brick. It's yeah, a brick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they weren't even thinking of Arrow back not then. At all. No. You're not just another Honda. Yeah, I'm not another Civic <laughs> running around with a backwards wing. But no, and we actually did a lot of development to build the truck the way it is. So, I mean, the truck's 50 50 weight bias. The motor's set back 12 inches. It's carbon fiber, everything. You know, so there, there's a lot of thought that went into that thing. So, I would kind of put us in the performance category as that's where we kind of stuck ourselves we used to do restorations but after building that truck it kind of pushed us out of restorations and stuck us in the high performance side which i'm happy with i like doing this stuff so now what type of uh, vehicles are you building for customers uh right now we're doing uh, a c10r uh, exactly like the one we have uh with a special motor in it that i can't talk about yet and we're doing Wait, why because it's something that nobody's done yet and is we're, this something it's a new engine from a from it, an oe it, it's a brand new motor it's a crate motor but it's not what you're going to expect to see so, it's a cummins no um let's just say, it's the it's the new small d max let's just say if a hellcat were to have love with the c10 that's kind of where we're at with it what do you think he's talking about hmm well i mean obviously that's a mopar deal but he's not going to shove a mopar in a chevy so i, I can't uh i couldn't i he I, and i would have so told him afterwards, I, just, I, I went to his wife and she wouldn't tell me either I would have, you know, he said, "Don't you can't expect it." I would have expected a supercharged small block. So if it's not that, I don't know. I don't know. Seven, eight hundred horsepower C10. Um, but that one will be done with later this fall. We're doing a K5 Blazer for a, a guy out of Detroit. Um, we got a couple Camaros that we're doing, so we're we're really busy right now. And the motor of choice in most of these vehicles? LS. Almost everything we do is LS, except for that one little uh, goofy project that we're doing, but. Uh, so no, no diesel? No diesel stuff. We haven't, hmm. uh, I haven't dipped into that market yet. I, I want to, I just haven't. It, it all comes down to time and learning about the products and stuff. So I just haven't had the time to put my focus into it yet. Yeah, I mean, the, the LS, there's so many parts, so many variations, and it's it's easy to work with. The, the motor's like Legos. There's just, there's so many parts and manufacturers out there for LS stuff, and the motors are so easy to build that it, it's almost foolish for us to not use an LS because the power ratings you can get out of them for the minimal dollar amount, you can't really beat it. So it's it's just a simple answer for us when we're building a truck. Gotcha. All right, Rob from PCH Rods. Check him out on Instagram. And if you've got a, a C10, you'll want to see his because I'm saying it might make you jealous. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I misunderstood. Is it going in the C10? Yeah. 
That's what I thought. To put a Mopar engine in a C10, huh? It sounds like it. Hmm. We must follow up on this. <laughs> I know, more. right? I'm I am so curious. curious. Although it's, I mean, it's not. Is it wacky like like my build where we're putting no, a I don't, EcoBoost in a sixty-seven seventy-two Ford? I don't know. And he wouldn't freaking tell me to piss me off. I'm yeah. like, all right, I shut the microphone. What, 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 are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, he goes, yeah. No, I can't tell you. I go. We've known each other for like. Nine, ten years ago, huh. what, are you, what are you doing? He goes, no, I can't tell you. I okay. said, what did you sign an NDA? He goes, yeah. no, I want it to be, I don't want you guys blabbing about by it. By the way, that's the same conversation you and I have, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, so we, he talked about wraps, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of guys who have trucks have wraps, and I ran into Josh Daly, who I also know, and he's another local Southern California guy, kind of becoming the uh, the king of wraps, and I had quite a few questions for him. I weren't on it. The king of wraps. Yeah, yes. yeah, I was gonna say, is he uh, the Fresh Prince or Diddy? I mean, he's, or... No, he's not. It's like, no, he's like Biggie, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I worked uh, Nitto's Auto but he's a way skinnier. Yes, he's not Biggie Smalls or he's not black. <laughs> I worked uh, Nitto's Auto Enthusiast at Anaheim Stadium, and I'm standing next to Josh Daly. Josh, you own Daily Visual, and you're out in Corona. Correct, or is it technically Riverside, California? We're in Corona. You're out here probably inspecting all of the uh, the good and the bad wraps. So what Josh does is he wraps vehicles. He's been doing it for well over a decade, right? Almost oh, yeah. almost 20 years? Yeah, pretty much my whole life. I've been around wraps, graphics, and uh, vinyl my whole life. When you're at a show like this and you're looking at the, the cars and trucks, are you inspecting them with a critical eye or are you able just to ignore the imperfections in some other's work? Um, I am not able to ignore the imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> I criticize everything. I look and eyeball just about anything and everything, especially if it's wrapped. Um, I love Josh, but he's like, that rap is f***ed up. Look at that. He's like, do you think look he, at what a bad job he did going around this corner. Does he, he carry like a portable heat gun in his pocket where he just goes no. and fixes the bubbles? And yeah, want, yeah, the little credit card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I come out here to check out what the trends are, see what people are doing on their vehicles, what, what kind of wraps people are doing. Uh, there's different styles for different kinds of vehicles and who, different kinds of builds, so I like to just get a feel for what everybody's doing. I come to see all my customers and our personal vehicles that are out here as well, and just say hi, say hi to friends and hang out. What are you seeing? What's the current trend in wraps? There was a time when we saw SEMA a couple years ago, a lot of camo, then with the digital camo, then we went to that with that weird like um, twigs and leaves or whatever that that Bass Pro. It looked like a, it looked like you drove to a Bass Pro shop. Camo is still obviously. <laughs> you know that those have names, right? Yeah, I, like I don't real know, tree. I know, know that real tree. I didn't mm. want it. Yeah. Okay. Now we got to pave to say real tree. I think. Oh, it has beep on it. Okay, no, got it. No, no, <laughs> no that crazy that real tree. Camo or whatever they're calling yeah. it is you have to it's it's it carries a very heavy licensing yeah, yeah, fee yeah, yeah. which uh, is why it's on everything it's like oh we've got that that mossy oak are the two like big camos that you can get yeah no not for me <laughs> camo is still obviously kind of big and people like to do a lot of different styles of camo right now I think the biggest trend camo wise is like an artistic kind of camo with different kinds of shapes um, instead of your traditional digital camo and sand camos you've got people doing kind of crazy odd shapes and combining different objects to create a camo but the biggest flair i think is anything off-road style splash graphics tend to be pretty big right now um even you, wait a minute you say splash like splash graphics like from the 80s like water splashes and yeah. that splash graphics is in splash dirt effects uh water splash effects something that is 
uh, transitional through color though. It doesn't actually look like water, but it could be um, blackened out or it could be a transitional gray. And that sets your base tones of your color, but then you put different color and objects behind it. So you kind of lay patterns. A lot of things which are big and I tend to see, which is a little bit more Midwest stuff, is gonna be your Gymkhana style of graphics where you take uh, multiple bright colors and you're taking different kinds of shapes and objects and layering on top. You're talking about like neon greens and cyan blues totally. and things like that? Totally. Neons, pinks, greens on top of blues, but then they're doing grays. And then they're taking funky cross-haired shapes over the top of some um, another set of camo and just multi-layering different things. So you've got skulls embased with uh, different kinds of splash graphic and then you've got your traditional shape. So it gets very creative and it's different based on what area you're in, especially truck wise. So here in California, we get a lot of like the splash graphic effects, straight lines, your traditional race graphic style. But when you get back east, they're getting more into that Gymkhana, crazy overlaid style of graphic. Is that because they, it's like, welcome to the Midwest, set your watch back 10 years? Or what is that about? I was wondering I the same thing. Midwest are like, I was wondering, is it that way because the, the West Coast is usually so far ahead of everybody else? And they're, you know, trend-wise, they're usually five years behind us? Or I... I think so, but that's not how Josh explains it. Warriors tend to be a little bit more subdued with their trucks and want a little bit more practicality. And when you get into Texas and Florida, you get back there, they are a little is bit it, more- Is it, is it go big or go style. home? It's, it's go big or go home and show style. Flair, look at me, all eyes on me. And that's what they want out there compared to California. Kind of an interesting add on to a wrap is that it actually does protect your paint. So if you're going off road or maybe you're doing a lot of highway mileage, it can act almost like a paint protection, correct? I mean, you do got, you guys offer paint protection, but a wrap also is a form of paint protection. Yeah, absolutely. It will completely protect the uh, exterior of your paint as good as the day you applied your wrap, as long as you're taking care of your wrap. Do you know if the wraps today are easier to remove after a while? Because it used to be the UV and, and age would make a wrap, let's say if the wrap was on the vehicle for four years, five mm -hmm. years, hard and no longer comes off in a yeah. sheet. Is the answer it? is no. They're okay. still a bitch to take off. So if you want to so change a wrap, you have to do it within like, what, 24 months, 36 months? Or? Yeah, if you're going to change a wrap regularly, yeah. you need to do it uh, in under 36 months, in okay. my opinion. Unless, unless. Garage. Unless you, yeah. If you, It's all about UV and more yeah. so than the UV, it's due. Oh, it's interesting. It's due. So guys that leave the, the car out overnight, yeah. The dew gets on it. Interesting. What happens when the sun comes up? It you've dries got, the glue, right? Or no, no. You've now got millions of small magnifying glasses all oh, over. Which is why the, you see the splotchiness on some of those wraps exactly over Exactly right. So they have to be not only UV stable, but they also have to be color stable as well. And that It's not just the color stable. You're literally baking it. Yeah. Because you've got, again, magnifying glasses. Yeah. I never thought of it that Millions of way. them all around. And it's typically around... Your windshield window, wiper and area, the sill, like the, the, the right beneath the, the sill, yeah. right around the sill area yep. where the dew I've doesn't roll it. off. Exactly. I've yeah, and that. so it dries. And 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 I I recently had to pull a wrap off that yeah. had been on too long. Yeah. And we had to use the um, infrared heat lamp he, that yep. he has. Yep. And it, my fingers were bloody. Yes. I had afterwards. to pull a wrap off. I've had the same thing where it lifts your fingernails, and it is it's gnarly. I, I honestly never want to pull off a wrap again. However, 
if you do cover your car or you 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 know you don't wait over 36 months I've watched uh, Josh and other guys pull the wrap off in one entire sheet. Just wow, I've come never, right up. I've never seen no, that. And literally, wow. they don't even have to take much um, uh, adhesive remover to it. They yeah. just put it, do, wow. a, do about another hour worth of prep, put another wrap on. Impressive. You go, wow, that's awesome. Over your wrap and keeping it clean, the paint will be as good as just the day you put it on once you take it off. Um, anytime you're hitting any kind of tree brushes, uh, branches, small scuffs and scratches, it'll definitely take the beating and absorb the impact of that. Any kind of major impact, it will take a chip just like a paint job does. But there have been many cases where a wrap will get chipped and the paint doesn't actually get marked and the paint will just be fine. So the wrap has taken the brunt of the impact and broken the surface so we just strip the wrap off put a new piece back on and the paint is actually just fine. Let's talk about paint protection as well. So you've, you guys really stepped up. That's bigger than ever before. So kind of Expel really made a, a big deal. Uh, it, you know, they kind of made a big splash in the marketplace a couple years back and then 3M kind of took that position back. I know that Avery's doing it as well. Um, if guys are looking at, uh, we've got a lot of people who listen who drive the countryside, hot shots that are driving cars back and forth on trailers, fifth wheels, things like that. What does paint protection cost and um, how, how well will it protect the paint? The new age of paint protection has come a long way in the last probably four to five years. And by the way, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it, paint protection is it's just simply this. It's a clear layer of vinyl, and it's thick. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's much thicker several than, mils thick. In fact, uh, on the Raptor that just went back to Ford, that truck actually had a clear bra on it uh, oh. from them. So you're starting to see the higher value uh, vehicles uh, in trucks that are coming from the media fleets where something we're going to have for a while. A lot of times the OEs or the manufacturers are providing a clear bra or paint protection so when they go back, they're in a lot better shape than uh, than they would be otherwise. So I thought that was interesting. Um, our truck was white, had a clear bra on it. It didn't yellow. It didn't have any UV. It actually looked almost, I will say, almost as good as the day that we got the truck. It was literally invisible the day we got the truck, but after off-roading and stuff, you got a little bit of dirt around the edges where you could sort of see it if you were looking for it. So that's been my experience with That's those. the only downside, and I've had that too on a black and a white car, and you could see the little... If, if That's, by the way, if you do a partial. Right, a partial. If you do a real... If you go all the way back to the end of the hood, yep, so you get the you whole front it. clip, and then you follow the door lines, you cannot see it. It's sort of like what a lot of people put on their phones to protect the screens. You can get that for your car, essentially. Absolutely. And a lot of guys do it with the exotics. My brother just got a uh, Mercedes, a CLS 550. Wow. And, well, it was a 2014. Yeah, but, but still. But the paint was in absolute cherry condition. And the first thing he did is he wrapped the whole front clip yeah. and the mirrors and the headlights as well. Because people, you know, you, you, you the plastic headlights, they yellow yeah. after a while. But it's not the yellowing that's that's annoying because that takes years for it to yeah. yellow. It's they get pitted really fast and you can't really buff out the plastic. I know some yeah. guys will tell you you can and eh. you, you can with a really fine grit sandpaper and the yeah. whole thing, but it takes a while. It's way faster, way more efficient and cheaper just to get some uh, get paint production on yeah. on the whole front clip. And so, yeah, it's his business been killing it. The four to five years, the 3M uh, Pro Series paint protection is what we typically like to use at our shop, but we definitely feel it has the best protection and the best clarity. Now the functionality behind paint protection is it's designed to take an impact, so it wants to absorb the impact of a rock, of a small bug, any kind of debris coming off of the road or a vehicle in front of you, and it wants to absorb and then- How, how about a deer? It might take <laughs> a couple spots of a deer, but if it, the, if it hits it hard enough, it might break it. Now, 
3M does offer a insurance package that is good up to $3,500 of protection and uh, repairs on your vehicle. So if you your paint protection gets damaged and it breaks the surface of the wrap and causes damage to your vehicle, 3M will, uh, you can purchase a Pro Series insurance package where 3M will cover up to $3,500 in repairs to your vehicle and replace the pay protection on the vehicle as well. You've gone to Vegas up the 15 freeway through a sandstorm and you're like- 100 times. And you're like, there's no way my paint is surviving, is surviving sandblasted. this. Sandblasted. Yeah. Just solely sandblasted. Yeah. And this will save it. Now your windshield, I don't believe they have it for windshields yet. No, because I, I think the clar optical clarity is not Yeah, there. but uh, it will definitely save the, save the paint. That's for darn sure. As well. That is crazy. I almost can't pay attention to you over the country music coming out of that uh, motorcycle. It kind of distracted Wait a minute. me there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, you're, it was a you're burying the headline there. That came from a, from a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, driving long hauls, I mean, you're definitely worth getting on your newer trucks, especially if you're buying that new Super Duty and you're spending $70,000 on that, and that paint job is really something you want to protect, especially all the chrome on that big front end. 70? Those headlights. Did he get a base model? Chrome <laughs> on that big front end. Those headlights are really expensive. Putting that paint protection on it, if you're doing a lot of traveling, is going to repel all the bugs, the dirt, the debris, all the chipping that happens on your vehicle. And prices can range anywhere from $900 from a basic package up to $2,000 to a front clip, full front end, and five or six grand for a full truck complete covering. But it's well worth it, and you got a 10-year warranty on it, not to mention the insurance package. So. In my eyes, when you're spending that kind of money on a truck, it's well worth it to protect it the best that you can. And that's really what my job is. My job is to help protect your investment. Do you recommend guys getting a pay protection program through the mail? Because I know you can buy the panels through the mail, or do you, rec I mean, you install them, but be honest, will they get a decent product if they buy it through the mail, or is it sketchy? I think there's probably decent product you can purchase online, but there's also sketchy products. So I think any consumer has to be educated on what they're purchasing. No matter where you're buying online or if you're going to a shop, you need to be educated on the product that you're putting on your vehicle. And I'm sure a lot has to do with the installer too, right? I mean, you can get, how many times have you, maybe not you, but gotten a mail order phone screen protector and you go in your humid bathroom to put it on and then you still see there's a bunch of lint and hair and skin. <laughs> like I can only imagine if you're trying to do your car, right? And it's not just that. It's that the uh, the convex and the, uh, oh, the yeah. very the various curves, you know, whether it's And the tools people use it's not it's not a sticker. I mean, it's way more complicated than that. There's yeah. a technique and there's tools involved. And by the way, you're let's call it. Uh, let's just imagine you spend like a hundred bucks for your headlight. You know, the, the just your headlights, just your headlights, exactly. And then you you screw it up. Yeah. And and by the way, once you put it on, if you peel it back it distorts the yeah. adhesive because yeah. the adhesive is perfectly clear. But once you pull it back, that's it. It's, it's yeah. it. It's done it's deal. Oh, done deal. So yeah, I, I don't know. They do sell the good 3M, but you really need to step up and have it put on by a pro. Uh, make sure you're spending the right kind of money and you're getting something that you're paying for. So online I, I, I is... Josh, I think that people are often surprised at how much wraps cost. They find out that, that wrap is $5,000, so $3,000 to $5,000, and they go, oh my God, that's crazy. I could get my truck painted for that. And you know what, honestly, you could in some cases, absolutely. But you can't do the graphics on your, with paint that you can with a wrap. 
and you know with the paint protection it's a little pricey but then again all the pain and trouble and money you'd have to spend by repainting the front clip of your car if you go through a sandstorm out in the desert uh, it's just it's worth it right I mean it is so worth it so we've got Goldberg here at the show he was here in his Dodge Demon this morning. You're talking about the uh, the former wrestler Goldberg. Yes, the former wrestler Goldberg has his Dodge Demon here. And he was around doing burnouts, doing a pretty good demo, doing burnouts in it. And we completely covered his Demon in 3M Pro Series. I just went and inspected the car when I got here. And there is not one speck of tire mark, tire rub, tire tread, or anywhere on that car. It just wipes completely off with not a speck on it. It looks amazing, and that is the bonus of it. So when you're doing things like that, especially if you're tracking a car, that's the bonus, and it's well worth the money for the investment that you're trying to protect your vehicle. Okay, so now we're going to take a tangent here. We're talking about paint protection, but you also do Ceramic Pro, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of guys on the forums with their brand-new Duramax 2018s, and, are, and the same thing with the, with the Rams and the Fords. They're doing Ceramic Pro. What are the differences between a ceramic pro coating and a, and, a, and a paint protection, you know, physical 3M material. For sure, so the ceramic coating is not gonna give you the same kind of protection that the Pro Series or paint protection is gonna give you. Ceramic coating is only there to protect you uh, the top surface from scuff marks, harshing the clear, um, the swirl marks that you get in your paint from your regular wipe down and your regular washes. So ceramic coating is only protected for that. It's not going to protect against any kind of marks or dings or heavy scratches, but it will enhance the paint. It does keep the clear lasting longer. It's easier to clean your vehicle. Nothing sticks to it. Dirt, road grime, oil, debris wipes right off the car makes it easier to wash and faster to dry and it really makes your car look waxed every time so once you wash your car you basically when you put your ceramic coating on you will never have to wax your car again and every time you wash it it looks like it's purely waxed purely polished every time is that true you really you don't have to have to wax it anymore you will, you will never if you depending on what uh, plan you get there's a different packages there's a five-year warranty package of ceramic coating. I don't a know. Warranty. You do the that's, lifetime warranty. That sort of sounds like snake oil because I used to work for a dealership and I remember, oh, if you get the special coating, you'll never have to wax your car again. No. I don't know. Really? I've seen it. I, it could Is be it? snake oil. I don't know. I, I mean, the guys, they're certainly doing a lot of marketing and yeah. that doesn't make it real. That doesn't, by no means does marketing make something real, but... It's it's a sur- I don't know I don't know I mean I want to believe it I want to believe it but I need I must do more research because I feel like I've heard this claim a gazillion times and I've never five years in your car needs to get waxed I'm sorry it does yeah well I guess it's what are you putting on it is it I, is it is it called Ceramic Pro or is it actually ceramic well, and I'm not even talking about Ceramic Pro either I mean just anything that said your car never needs to be waxed I get it I get it but but are you saying if there's ceramics in the name it is also in the product yeah, yeah I, I, no, I got and, it and I don't know I have no idea it could be called I, world's I, best uh, you know body butter right. and it's not <laughs> right. and it's, it's not for your body and it's, it's not, not butter you have to wax it again as long as you're washing your car keeping it clean and maintaining it you'll never have to wax it again that's insane if you uh, if anyone has questions maybe or they're in the Midwest back east and they just they want to brainstorm with you a little bit can they call you or hit you on Instagram give us your socials uh, yeah for sure uh, Joshua Daily is my name uh, Daily Visual is our website at Daily Visual and it's spelled D A L E Y V I S U A L 
And uh, yeah, you can hit us up with any kind of questions. We do a lot of SEMA stuff and SEMA's coming up. So if you have any questions about rap for that, absolutely hit us up. We did 50 cars for SEMA last year. So we'd love to collaborate with anybody and whether it's paint protection, ceramic coatings, wraps or vinyl, we'd love to, you know, just educate because we think education is the key to success for anybody. And especially in the industry, we want to, you know, help educate the consumer, help educate the builders and, you know, just the general public. So yeah, hit me up if you ever need anything. I'm so hitting awesome. him up Thanks, for Josh. my uh, Thank 67. You, you know, uh, for when, paint protection. For paint protection. You absolutely should. Yeah. Because that is a gorgeous paint job you have on yes, there. Yes, it is. And um, in, in the particular color you have, what is it? It's kind of a slate gray. Yeah, it's Ferrari Grigio on the body and GM Victory Red on the roof. So it's if a typical. You were to take a, uh, if you were to take a rock kit, it would really leave would, a mark. It would suck. Yeah. yeah. And the the um, the 3M paint protection is uh, they re- so interesting. Expel, it's E uh, X P E L X P E L. They made a big splash, as I said in that piece of tape there, um, a couple years ago, and all these dealers started to spring up, and um, they got a lot. I don't know if it's investment money or whatever, but I just know that they were on the scene really, really fast, and they they made and 3M had already made paint protection material, but 3M being the giant just yeah. said, you know what? Quack, yeah, I was watching you like the cockroach that exactly. you are, yeah, and then they Mr. came Wonderful. out. And the 3M product is amazing. And I would recommend it if you are doing any kind of distance driving with your new truck. It's really worth the money. This is not me trying to get extra business for Josh because you live elsewhere and you're not going to come to California to get your truck worked on by, you know, there are guys all over the country yeah, doing this stuff. And I'm telling you, it firsthand, it works really well. So that is a recommendation from the Truck Show podcast from Lightning. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, like it's, the paint protection is, and if it starts to yellow over, say, two, three years, peel it off. Get a heat gun, peel it off and do it again. You know, just see your, uh, just see your friendly neighborhood paint protection guy and tell him Lightning sent you. <laughs> that was a little cheesy. Yeah, it was cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say that. No? No. I, I wouldn't say lightning sent me either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like... Well, uh, that's it? Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's I feel like it. We, it was really informative, this show. Yeah. A lot of good info. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> truck Show Podcast. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. Please do keep the email coming. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us on socials at Truck Show Podcast, and it's very, very important to us that you spread this like a disease, like an incurable (laughs) virus, right? Yes, I've been infected with TSP, and the only (laughs) remedy is a five-star review and the subscribe button. (laughs) Five-star! Five-star!